For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What's the deal, Panther fans? My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Tremendous show for you tonight. Is Ian Thomas the tender swindler? Oh, my goodness. There is a lot more to talk about than you would think right now. We've got an Ian Thomas contract, which I may argue to you tonight, folks, is the most lucrative deal in the history of football. It is. I There is a metric where I'm going to prove to you tonight that Ian Thomas is the highest paid tight end in the league. I can't wait for you to hear it we've got that we've got news about potential trades when it comes to the quarterback there are names such as jimmy g floating out there gardner Minshew floating around there and the panthers supposedly are dead set on picking an offensive lineman at six overall according to jeremiah daniel jeremiah we've got that and much more to talk about tonight my name's Tony Dunn, C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast, where every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it with my wheel man, my homie, my brother, Cody Lashney. Welcome back. Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? It's another Tuesday night. And you know what? The combine is upon us, man. I know you don't give a damn. You let us know every year how much you loathe this time of year. But for us draft Knicks, the combine is fun, man. You're getting a look at the future of the NFL. Of course, the rumors are buzzing already about the Panthers and potential trade players that we could trade for, players that we might draft, a whole bunch of good stuff to talk about, Tony Dunn. But you already know that we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony, you already know him and love him. It's our man, Drew, Brad, Dugan, Connor, Jordan, Jorge, Marcelo, Kego Fort, Matt Knows Nothing, Panthers Are Kings, The Duck 123, Tim Estes, Trap, Trill 1, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. You can join the C3 Panthers podcast. Leave a message. Tell us what you think about the Ian Thomas contract, what you think about uh, potential trade options for the Carolina Panthers at quarterback or who we would have to give up and who you want in this draft. Should you be? Actually, call up and tell me this. This is what I want them to tell me. Are you excited about the combine? 
228-5098. Do you like the underwear Olympics, CK? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the, the combine is is uh, something that's filled with hope. Uh, for anybody who's a Panthers fan, I mean, there's always going to be this sense of, like, who is the guy that's going to put us over the hump? Now, have we gotten that? No. <laughs> like, not not, not in uh, recent years. But it's it's also nice to be able to look at that and, and kind of have hope that uh, that maybe one of these guys can change our futures. And uh, uh, listen, I, I we've heard too many reports. Um, right now, I am just, I feel like every week, I just feel like the Panthers are more and more inept at doing football. at this thing called the football yeah the football yeah the football it seems to be a bit too difficult for them and so i am uh listen i i i'm got my expectations pretty low for what we're going to be doing but listen the combine's always fun because you're going to see somebody who blows it out of the water somebody who comes in who doesn't you know who does way better the the dk metcalfs of 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 these things that are going to come in here and do things nobody thought they could do and uh, and I, there's hope to be uh, had in that. Let's uh, talk about this before we jump into show topics. Is that this is the off season? This is the starving time for Panthers content. It is the starving time for well, actually, maybe it's the frenzy time of optimism. But if you're a hardcore listener, which you are, and I know you are, if you're here at this moment, the Panthers not the best track record in the last few years, not the most exciting time of the year, paying Ian Thomas a God enormous amount of money, it feels like. You can help Panther Nation grow by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing to the show, and you can find ways to monetarily support the show in the show notes. Um, Donate if you want. Call is the best way to do it. 252-228-5098. Cody, bring us into it. It's got to be. Have we found the true Tendler Swindler? And is the Tender Swindler the bad guy? Or is he my guy? Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on if we're talking about uh, Ian Thomas. Listen, if we're talking about Ian Thomas, I don't know, man. Um, it came out five misdemeanors and currently... Um, uh, you know, have an issue. He was apparently evading a police officer on dirt bike in Huntersville, All right, so let's get North a little Carolina. bit more specific with the story. Yeah, is that well, this started off as bike. one felony, one felony and four misdemeanors. The felony being evading arrest, right? Like when you do that, that's not a tick, you know. So, uh, here uh, there was a dirt bike and a red ATV. The red ATV got away. Um, uh, looks like they slowed up. Maybe and I don't think this is too crazy. It's not like a OJ Simpson chase, right? It feels like he tried to maybe see if he could give it a shot for a block, and then said, "You know what? This ain't the best thing." Um, but the problem was. Um, not probably supposed to be driving this type of vehicle on the street, right? Is that like they have to be insured and licensed in a certain way for these on-road, off-road, on-road, off-road bikes to be legal. And then it sounds like too, he didn't have a, he had a revoked license, which I think goes back to him doing a 90 and a 65, which 
I'm not even that crazy about. Like, I mean, I know that sounds fast and stuff like this, but when traffic's moving, we've been going 90 on a 70 <laughs> road before. But anyway, is that um, it was one felony, four misdemeanors a year ago, which then uh, is consolidated into five misdemeanors. Um, and that's the result at this point. So I have the article right here. Um, if you'd like me to read uh, read a little bit of it, it says uh, Panthers, it. Panthers tight end Ian Thomas, who agreed to a contract extension last week, is facing five misdemeanor charges after attempting to evade police on a dirt bike last summer north of Charlotte. Court records show that 25-year-old Thomas was driving an unregistered, uninsured 2017 Honda on a suspended license when a Huntersville police officer noticed the dirt bike in a separate vehicle, a red ATV, did not have license plates, and initiated a traffic stop. The officer said Thomas and the other driver appeared to slow down, then accelerated and entered the oncoming lane of traffic around 9.30 p.m. on July 12th. The incident occurred in an area near a Walmart and other businesses. While the operator of the ATV drove off, Thomas stopped about a mile and a half from his home, according to court records. He was arrested and jailed on five counts, including reckless driving, and fleeing felony to elude. Um, Thomas has a court appearance in August. Records show Thomas was stopped in Iredell County in 2020 for going 91 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone. The charge was later dismissed, although Thomas was convicted of reckless driving. A team spokesperson said Monday the team is aware of the matter and had notified the league at the time of incident. So what's uh I guess the kind of intrigue about this story is is that like this is a kind of a non-story, right? If you yeah. think about like uh like when a kind of a a kind of critical like a interesting or bad incident when it comes to legal matters, this is low on the totem pole of problems. Right. Yeah, it would be but wrong the to interesting part is that the news of this of an event <laughs> that happened a year ago broke two days after Ian Thomas successfully signed a strong three million a three year sixteen million dollar deal, which ultimately I believe is a one mil one year eight million dollar deal. If you probably get down to the nitty gritty when we find the details, but that's the thing right here. Let's start with that. Your thoughts about the arrest in relationship to um, the contract, CK? Because, CK, you were vocal about the contract in our group chat prior to the there news of him even being like heard of this arrest. And the fact is, the arrest was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, listen, I mean, the the signing of, of Ian Thomas to the to the to doing what he did, I mean, for the Panthers is absolutely hysterical, especially one year removed after drafting tight end uh, last year and a guy who is still on a rookie contract. So let's go ahead and put resources into a tight end who has literally contributed little to nothing to this team and, and who has been a part of a regime who has not been able to be successful since Greg Hardy has left. Ian Thomas was supposed to pick up the, the, the baton or whatever you want to call it. And Ian Thomas has dropped the ball literally and figuratively on every step of the, every step of the way, since he's become the guy that's the, the tight end. 
to the point where they went out and signed a free agent in Dan Arnold last year before trading him away during the middle of the season when we were doing really well, right? Like that's that's the point that I, I want to make. Like they didn't even believe in him last year because they they went and got a guy. They they not only did they go and get a guy, they also went and drafted a guy. And now all of a sudden you're telling me Ian Thomas is worth sixteen million dollars? Come on, it's an absolute joke. I mean, it, it, my biggest argument now is like, do we really believe that Fitterer is competent enough to get us a guy in the draft that's going to be a contributing factor to this offense? So the thing about this is uh, I don't want to – I don't care about these charges, bro. Um, I don't yeah. either, man. And I don't I want don't... Panther fans to all of a sudden start to think, you know, that, oh, now it's coming out that he's a bad dude who is irresponsible. I mean, to me, this is a nothing burger. The charges are a nothing burger, son. Right. Or a little bit. But the – Contract. The contract – is problematic mm-hmm. sure. and um this is not ian thomas's fault uh first of all ian thomas whoever your agent is take him to dinner this mug got his paycheck because ian thomas who came onto the scene in what 2018 the brian burns draft which is Part of the one of the worst drafts in Carolina Panthers history, honestly. Like, there's an argument for that. There's also an argument that this was like a talent list draft. Like, 2018, when you go and look at the names, I don't see any names that are just like crazy awesome to me in that draft. Right. And clearly, Ian Thomas is not a crazy awesome name. But at the end of the day is this, is that Ian Thomas was a guy who sort of burst onto the scene in his rookie season who looked like he could be a pass-catching tight end, a guy who could make plays after the catch, had an athleticism, uh, athleticism to him that we could see maybe potentially potentially filling some of the void left by Greg Olson. Right? I mean, not that anybody said he's going to be the next Greg Olson, but he came in and had his best season of his career. Right. His rookie year. He had 30, 333 yards, two touchdowns. The next year, his snap cap, his snap count percentage fell tremendously. It's the final year of Ron Rivera. It looked like Ian Thomas found himself in the proverbial <laughs> doghouse of Ron Rivera. And we know that once you get in the Ron Rivera doghouse, it's not good for a young player. It's hard. They have to work their way out. And it's possible, but, I mean, Ron Rivera is not here for him to do so. Matt Rule comes around, and all of a sudden, Ian Thomas is a giant part of the offense. And when I say that, he's on the field every damn play. Mm-hmm. Every play, it feels like his snap counts. If you look at it, jump back up from like twenty percent to back to forty eight percent, which is in like the top ten of what tight ends do, right? So is that like the the only tight ends that got a lot more snaps than him were in the fifties? So it's not like it was like twenty thirty snaps ahead. 
So he's getting a lot of work on the field, but he's not, his production is not going up at all. And uh, even when he does get, like, when he does have the, the ball in his, like, when he is uh, the receiver, when the ball is thrown his way, and you can blame whatever you want to do, but, like, Ian Thomas isn't going down the field, right? He's not an incredible route runner, and he's not, like, getting separation. But when he's targeted, he's, like, he's dropped the ball, like, a tremendous amount of times. He's he had 30 targets last year, CK, 30 targets. He had 18 catches. Last year, Ian Thomas had 18 catches for 188 yards and he got paid eight million dollars if you project that production from last year to his contract this year he will be paid four hundred and forty four thousand dollars per catch And I got to say this is people like, oh, his blocking got better. Okay. But, 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 uh. Well, the problem with his game was his blocking in the beginning. Right. It's like, that's probably what got him in the Ron Rivera doghouse in many ways. But the point is, is this is what the hell? $8 million off of the production of 18 catches, 188 yards. And I don't care how much you tell me his blocking has improved. And this is where I want to pass it back to you, Cody. Yeah. Is this is where the charges are important to me. Is when did the Carolina Panthers know about this? Did they not know? Did they know? And what I think is it is important to understand this contract still. I think they did know, and I just think that they didn't care too much. I, I think that That's if you're going worse. to sign a player, well, I mean, listen, it happened over a year ago. If they're just now finding out about it, then they'd be slapping themselves that they didn't know about this sooner. Right, right. Then they're just now paying. But I don't believe that. You cannot tell me that this front office didn't know about this for a better part of a year. I, I'm inclined to believe that the team has looked at Then why it. could they not they have gotten a better deal? That's not my thing is this, opponent. is how did this man extract a king? How did he get a king's ramps, ransom? It's a very simple answer, and it's something that I've been saying for you know, a better part of a year. The Carolina Panthers cannot evaluate talent. That's just a simple fact. This has matter. to fitter. Well, I mean, it falls on Fitter, but it falls on Matt Rule as well, too. I mean, you know, I think one of the, the you know a legit question that we can ask is how much has Ian Thomas's um, growth? How much has that been limited by one the quarterback carousel, two oh, the offensive gosh. line, and then, I'm not making excuses. I'm, I'm putting forth details of the conversation, and then number three. It, having an offense that never fundamentally used the tight end a lot anyway, he was kind of lost in the shuffle there. What makes this 100% all the more embarrassing is that this contract was signed just because they like Ian Thomas as a run blocker. He doesn't offer much in pass protection, and frankly, he's only had one year where he's been above 300 receiving yards. So you're you're essentially just hiring him 
or assigning him to this new extension because of this one thing that he does well. The Panthers don't know what real but value that, that's is the point is the that the, that makes it terrible, Cody. And it's yeah. not because do you know that last year, and I gotta give a lot of credit to my boy Jojo. My boy Jojo was the one that when we were he was like, What are you gonna be talking about on the show? I was like, We gotta talk about his contract and this and that. He was like, What he didn't know about him a lot, and we were talking about some of the things. He goes, Let's find out the numbers of what he's getting paid per catch and stuff like that. So do you know that um Travis Kelsey had 92 catches last year and he met he's the high he's the second highest paid tight end in the league second highest paid in the who's number league. one uh george kittle oh okay for next year i mean it's about it's yeah. like by 700 it's like 15 million 4.3 right I, so both i think of those dudes are fucking nasty sure sure but thing about this is that um george kittle was hurt Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like we use Kelty, he was like the most productive tight end and also the highest paid ultimately, kind of, or close to it. And that was $150,000 a catch he gets paid. I mean, he had 92 catches last year. So, the the part I have about this, the the question I have about this is that if the Carolina Panthers truly, if they knew about Ian Thomas's legal problems, which I would assume, like you said, like there's a, they look like fools either way, in my opinion. How did they get tender swindled for the most amount of money from him? And I do think there's a reason, like, at first, I think Ian Thomas is saying this is I'll go out there and I'll test free agency um, and I don't have to be with y'all's stinky ass team anymore like he could have said that i don't think the panthers have a lot of street cred when it comes to paying dudes right so maybe that helps ian thomas in the negotiating room is like coaching staff's about to be fucked up everybody's about to be fired why should i want to put you know you better make that up in some dollars for me but at the same time like is how is the how are the carolina panthers they're not shrewd negotiators. And Tony, this is not around. a shrewd negotiation. This is getting fleeced, bro. You got Tony, you remember last year, the first thing that Federer did was Cam Irving and Pat Elflin. That was the first move that he made. And this year, the first real move that he makes is bringing back a tight end who is Frankie Luca. But okay, Frankie Lulu. This is bigger than then that. Deal, I'm talking right. about offense. I'm talking yeah. your ability to field an offense, which is everything that your team has been unable to do thus far. His first signing <laughs> is Ian Thomas, uh, and it paid him a contract that, quite frankly, he would not have received anywhere else. And I put this on Twitter like a week or so ago. The Carolina Panthers make all their decisions based on fear and uncertainty. So for, if they don't know that for certain that they're going to be able to upgrade the tight end position and they have someone that they can at least settle for, they're going to give that guy the money. 
It's the same thing they did with Cam Irving and Pat Elflin last year. They don't have a better answer. Yeah, but this is even worse, I think. This yeah, is a one-year, $8 million deal. It is a three-year deal. This is the way they have it. The, the stats that we saw was it's a three-year deal for $16 million. But $8 million are guaranteed. Six million in cash straight when you sign the piece of paper, and eight million like he's going to get two more, two and a half more million as long as he just makes the team this year, right? And if like you, if he doesn't make the team, then it would be even awesome or for him, <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah, I got six million dollars to sign a piece of paper. So, this <laughs> is I do have a theory of why they had to do this is I think there's about to be a lot of changeover for the Carolina Panthers at a lot of different positions. I think that also that Scott Fitter may have signaled this is like, this is kind of a sunk year for like, he's going to sink his cost in 2022. And like, he can completely cut Ian Thomas after this year if he needs to. Like he can, he is, this is almost hurting Matt rule in a way. Yeah. So, everything um, Matt this rule, is a no. This like is that. a a big. I think this is just a strange moment. Eight million dollars for a blocking tight end, and who for a guy was not supposed to be a blocking tight end to begin with. Wait, wait. Did they just do this to have him play left tackle? Oh, they're playing five year right. chess. Right. He's like, we're always going to have him be on that side. Right. God. He did say the front seven one time. I was like, what do you mean the front seven? I was like, gosh. You mean when you run a two tight end set, they're all blockers? (laughs) 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 Like, oh, what kind of offense you run? We try to get a bunch of bums from seven across and uh, injured running back to protect a shit-ass quarterback. That's our offensive system. God. All right. Um, anything else? On Actually, one more thing. Let's go with Ian Thomas just a little bit more, and we'll get into some calls and do some other news. Do you know Ian Thomas was uh, drafted 101, 101 overall? Fourth round. Um, a player that was picked in front of him by the Carolina Panthers was Rashawn Golden. Bum. Good God. 2018 may have been the Carolina Panthers' worst draft possible. But what is interesting to me is that Ian Thomas was picked 101st overall, fourth round. And... uh this guy only played nine games in college. Yeah, that was the, that was the whole thing with Ian Thomas is his uh, his potential, and that's exactly what yeah. you you know with <sighs> your whole that. thing that you put out there with that uh, article. Like they drafted Ian Thomas because of they 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 were doing possible the confusing possible with probable, you know, yeah. and and like you know I, I don't think any of us had a problem with the draft because he wasn't drafted super. You know, it wasn't right, like a, right. a high value pick, but like 
God, when you sit here and think about that and you, you know, you hoped, I mean, I think if you, any of any Panthers fan, if you had told them uh, to like when he was drafted that after four years, he was going to get a contract where he made $8 million in the first year of the contract, you'd be like, damn, we have the replacement for Greg Olson. Right. There right. That's go. what That's Greg it. Olson made in his final season. Right. Probably was eight million dollars. Ian Thomas, how about about Greg Olson? Must feel like he just got sand kicked in his face. Sorry, Ian Thomas no. made more than him in a season, and he had eighteen catches. It's ineptitude in our front office, man. And look, I think at the end might of the day, be on like, Fitterer, bro. This is, is this, this on Fitterer, don't... or is he sinking rule on purpose? Or is he saying this? Is that like, all right, rule, you get this year, we'll give you what you call for. You want this guy back? You can have him. I'll pay and a little extra for it, but that's all I'm paying. It almost feels like this is Federer is detaching his boat from Matt Rule. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's also detaching his own boat for himself. Because even if Matt Rule gets fired, all of yeah. these signings are still on him as the general manager. But yeah. that's what and, is that if he can shed them, this instance is front loaded, he'll be able to shed this and make it a thing in the past. But yeah, but also, point man, of it? but like, hey, hold on, hold on, though. If that's what you're doing, grow some fucking balls and go to David Tepper way beforehand, have a private one on one with him, like and that. say, hey, you know what, man? Matt Rule isn't the dude. So instead of having to do these underhanded moves to like get him out of here, no, be up front and say that we don't have the proper head coach. Also, what we have to consider is that we know that Matt Rule has final say-so on all football right. operations. So, Tony, well, we might want to look at Fitter Not and contractual, say, well, though. I, I mean, yes, it is. We keep on hearing that Matt Rule has final say-so. Now, maybe the dollar amount goes to Fitterer and Suleiman and people like that. But as far as who is going to be a Carolina Panther for the next year, if Matt Rule says, get that guy a contract, he's going to get one. Yeah, so, but I mean, come on. Is why, that why Matt Rule saying he wants Ian Thomas back versus Fitterer saying, I'll pay him $8 million next year? Right. I, I, I don't is, think. I, I feel like this is sabotage. Yeah. I, I, I oh, it's a sabotage. This is oh, you don't like the Beastie Boys, so yeah. Then he's stupid either way, man. He has no one to blame but himself. None, no one in this organization has anyone to blame but themselves. Right? They're continuing to let this. What this, do you mean? Um, yeah, they continue to let their lack of ability to evaluate talent haunt this football team. And we'll get to it Like you said, grow a set of balls. I think you're right about that. Is like he, like him trying to sabotage Matt Rule is kind of strange. If you think he's going to be sabotaged, like you should almost sabotage him in a better way that positions you for the future. I just Tell find me. it strange. How the hell did Ian Thomas make this amount of money? Tell this me, amount of money is for, dope. The answer that you're looking for is not the answer that you want here. But we have no reason not to believe that isn't the right. answer. And the simple fact it's of the matter is it's ineptitude. It's incompetence, ineptitude, however you want to spin it. The people in, in the front office of the Panthers organization felt like this was a good move 
for our long-term goals. And the fact that, you know, CK mentioned this before we went live, the fact that all these things are so blatantly apparent to everyone in the fan base and yet no one in the Panthers organization, that's probably what's most disheartening about this whole thing. Yeah. It is um, very tough. All right, bring us to our, actually, um, yeah, go ahead and bring us to our next topic real quick. Let me pull this last. I got the call already. So, uh, you know, this is a rumor season. Rumors are bound to plenty. So uh, I felt like these two were interesting topics of discussion. Uh, Pat Thorman on Twitter says, uh, not sure it's a great sign that the Mitch Trubisky buzz is primarily based on Matt Nagy's having held him back. We did this just a year ago with Sam Donald and Adam Case. So it's like this is the perfect Matt Rule move to do something like this because we did it just last year. And then in more Panthers-related news, directly and take this for what it's worth it's just a rumor but uh natalie miller um who you know is pretty well respected on twitter put out this tweet that says carolina will make a very competitive offer for jimmy g likely sometime next week and tony in my opinion you know going on this jimmy g thing this is a continuation of what we just spoke about with Dean thomas it is a matter of ineptitude at actually being able to evaluate talent and not seeing the forest through the trees that Jimmy Garoppolo was the product of the talented football team around him, the talented coaching staff around him, and the good defense that the 49ers had. The fact that the Carolina Panthers, and again, we can't confirm any of this, but it is so not far-fetched to believe that the Carolina Panthers would think that they're Jimmy Garoppolo away from being able to be a contender in the NFC South. And it just fundamentally isn't true to me. Now, some of you might disagree, but to me, he's no better than the type of prospect that you were looking at in a Teddy Bridgewater or, you know. Actually, you know what? Teddy Bridgewater turns out to be the best of this group when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy G, and Sam Darnold. Look, you you rolled your dice last year on Sam Darnold. The fact that they signed the fifth year option to me, tell they thought they were buying low, and it was going to pay off. High, right, and that's fine. I mean, it's not fine. It kind of sucks. Like if you wish you didn't do it, but they they were trying to believe in their own decision. It felt like. Yeah. Jimmy G is again like let's just not repeat the same crap over and over again. And on Correct. top of that, um, Jimmy G is coming. He just reported today that he's going to have some sort of shoulder procedure. And I don't care if it's minor, major, this or that. I'm tired of signing prospects or whatever it may be who are having some sort of procedure or injury or coming off of this. And it really takes them two years. I know they can physically get out there and do better. Look, I hate to say this name in this vein because I hate this fool, period. And, like, he sucked no matter what. But Matt Khalil coming off of some sort of uh, hip surgery 
And they were like, oh, well, now he's got his hip fixed. He's going to be way better than he was in Minnesota. And uh, bum. So he sucked. Turned out, yes, he sucked because he had an injury, but he also sucked because he sucked. On top of that, uh, there's a, another player. Oh, Matt Paradis. Matt Paradis was the top-rated center, free agency, this and that. But he was also coming off of some sort of leg injury. And you know what? Is he didn't play that well his first year back. He played the games. He probably went out there and Ironmaned it and did what he had to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the fucking Spartan warrior type thing, but he wasn't great. The next year, he was good. Third year, right? I'm tired of signing hurt people, number one. Signing mediocre bums. No. Like, Jimmy G ain't going to help us. And I got a problem with this Mr. Trubisky joint. I got a problem. Because the commanders are interested in him now, supposedly, this and that. But look, at the end of the day, this dude has given us no reason to to have a lot of belief in him. He is a Sam Darnold. He yeah. is Sam Darnold. And I'm sorry, I don't want to bring in Mitch Trubisky to compete at the quarterback position with Sam Darnold. Imagine that. You want to have a shit sandwich or a puke or the pork puke poo-poo platter. Right? I mean, that's what it feels like. We already saw that. It's like Trubisky and Foles could barely hang together. Might as well give us Nick Foles at this point. And he's got a Super Bowl. Like, this is thirsty. This is slapping around in the water. You're about to drown. It's panic. And if we we can't do it, sorry, Matt Rule, it's not going to work. I don't see a pathway for you being the future. We just need to draft a fucking offensive lineman or a quarterback and say sayonara to you because if we get Mitch Trubisky this year bro it's gonna be terrible there's only one person in free agency and the chat was all over it earlier Gardner Minshew it's the only name I will field the only name I will field because he's got the pizzazz and this and that he will take over that locker room he will be Matt Rule will be just licking his balls all season long but listen, man, I know I sound like a broken record here. I'm going to continue on this. It is a lack of an ability to evaluate talent. The San Francisco 49ers have a much better roster than the Carolina Panthers, and they've already showed you what they're doing with their future. Mm-hmm. They drafted another quarterback with the third overall pick last year who has a much higher upside than Jimmy Garoppolo. And yet, this is the guy that Carolina Panthers would potentially be interested in trading for. And by the way, you want to say that this is a rumor. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But this type of evaluation fits in line (laughs) with every single quarterback decision the Panthers have made thus far. Also, When it comes to to bringing back Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, it just fits. And it's not solely reported by her. Um, You know, you hear the Panthers being mentioned in the conversations of a landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, that the Panthers are interested. Like 
Now, granted, there's nobody saying that we're about to make a competitive offer for him. Um, you know, but I mean, listen, at this point in time, I mean, a guy like that fits exactly what Matt Rule wants. He doesn't want like the first thing he did with yes, a couple of years of down years for Cam Newton because of injury, but his first goal, his first answer was to get cut him for a guy who has a much less personality with Teddy Bridgewater, right? And then he cuts Teddy Bridgewater and gets another guy with very little personality and Sam Darnold, right? I mean, so, and it was only after like heavy, heavy criticism of his, his maneuvers that he decided to go and sign Cam Newton and Cam Newton brought an energy that we hadn't seen in years to this team, even though it didn't work out in the long run for the, the success of the team. Like it's, it's clear that, Matt Rule has a guy that he 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 sees as being like that that the guy that he wants to be his 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 quarterback. I don't know. At this point I feel like he is he got turned down like his girlfriend broke up with him. He's going to the prom. Like now he's just asking any girl in the hallway. Cuz he can't he can't show up alone after after putting so much effort into you know, trying to get he doesn't girls. have a lot of cred, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to this, is that I don't like this is um, the people in the chat going at me for the Gardner Minshew mess. Like, you all got to get on and get the stepping. Number one, this is why I got to say is like, out of the list of people. Who would you most like out of like who do you want to roll with out of these three people? Would no, you rather roll with Jimmy G, Mitch Trubisky, or Gardner Minshew? I'm tired and of shopping. Say the roll store. with them. You have to not only say who do you want to pick to be on your squad. We're in the backyard, we're picking teams. But you also have to recognize that your pick comes with consequences, monetary consequences. So Trubisky is the lowest cost because he's just a straight free agent. Right? So you might have to pay him a little bit more to come, but there's not a lot of, you don't have to give any draft capital up. There's a bigger risk involved with him. Yeah, right. All right, so like this is which of those three. So I want y'all to back up on that because I will say this. I'm taking Minshew over Jimmy G I don't right away. I, Jimmy I, G's got a shoulder surgery, and you don't like him anyway, and you got to trade for him. I'm telling Minshew, you this. Go ahead. I'm telling you this. I don't. I think we have to have – I don't like this. this option. I think you have to have an option that includes a draft pick as well. Okay. You know, that's fine. That's fine. But like people are of- saying that Minshew is the worst option and we're talking about Mitch Trubisky. Right. Here's, here's the thing is I'm definitely not in on, but all of these guys have like, let's be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo has the biggest, like has the low, like the highest floor, but also has a very much more limited ceiling. Right. He's like, he is like, uh, I would put him in that Alex Smith type of mindset. Like, Jimmy G's is, worse than that. Jimmy G's lower than that. But I would put him in that category of somebody who is going to be predictable. I would put him in the Teddy Bridgewater category. Right. I think him and Teddy Bridgewater would be 
very similar quarterback uh, prospects in that regard. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a wild card. Like, he could be an option. Oh, you're also, talking about Jimmy J. All right, I got you. Sorry, yeah. I, was, I thought you were talking about Gardner. No, 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 no. Yeah, Gardner Minshew has a much bigger Yeah, it's kind of like a Brett Favre's quality. Yeah. Like, it's like he could throw. Actually, he doesn't throw any interceptions, dude. Yeah. So I don't want to go too long on it, but I just don't understand why Jimmy G and Mitch Trubisky should be even considered as better names. I don't think Mitch needs to be in the conversation at all. Right? I know. Oh, my God. How all about right. all these fucking names make it really hard to be a Panther fan? Because I don't want any of them, dude. Like, mm-hmm. none of these guys are going to get me excited you'll for this season. Jimmy G. Not, not Gardner Minshew, yes, not will. Jimmy Garoppolo, not any of these other fucking halfwits. None of these guys are the guy. And we're in quarterback hell, y'all. Like, you know, especially those of us, you know, I know which is most of us here in the chat oh. room that have been here since Cam Newton. And, you know, you have remembered those years where you could depend on a franchise quarterback. Like, those days are long gone. Listen to the conversation that we're having right now. We're talking about the minutia between Jimmy G and Mitch Trubisky and Gardner fucking Minshew. Dude, that's enough to kill my fucking you will soul, man. Love you know Minshew, it bro. sucks, dude. You know what? They all fucking suck, man. You know what Matt Rule's era as a Carolina Panther reminds me of? It's like a butterfly effect, right? Like the butterfly effect is somebody went back in time and said, I don't like Cam Newton. We're going to get Matt Rule to, to get rid of him. And then you see this horrible, horrible just destruction of the Carolina Panthers because of one decision that led to a plethora of bad decisions thereafter. Like I just, uh, that I, I'm not saying that that's all just the, that's that's where it started. It's clearly Matt Rule is the problem, but you you can kind of go back to that decision as being like that was the start of the downfall. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What do you think about this Ian Thomas contract? What do you think about this quarterback controversy between two bums and my man Gardner Minshew? What do you think about? Uh, I guess. The NFL Combine coming up, and Matt Rule not speaking about it. Please call in 252-228-5098. Let's go to the cat calls. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Yo guys, what up? Uh, my name is Connor Gordon. I'm here from North Carolina, and I got two trade packages for the Panthers to get at quarterback. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've been watching it for a while now, and I love it. So, first trade package, a bit more of a smaller one. Uh, we give up a second round pick for 2023, and we receive quarterback Gardner Minshew and left tackle with Jordan Mulata from the Eagles. I think that would be a pretty good package. And then the other package that I have is a bit bigger. We give up uh, Christian McCaffrey this year's first, uh, Robbie Anderson, and Derek Brown. And we get Russell Wilson for that package. You guys let me know uh, what you think of these packages. 
Besides that, my name's Connor. Love you, podcast, and I'm out. Connor, appreciate you, brother. That was a fantastic call, man. Absolutely. Fantastic call. We already know Tony's answer for that first trade scenario. He's drooling all over it. Even just hearing I, think, I don't think issue. they would do it. I think that a second round pick is for two players is going to be there. They hold the cards. I like that second one, bro. Russell Wilson? Let's do it. So, what do you say again? McCaffrey, Derek Brown, and the first, uh, our first pick? And Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Hold on. Can I hear it again? It's rich, it's rich, but here. Here, let's hear. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Uh, yeah, let's Russell Wilson for that package. You guys uh, let me know. And left tackle with Jordan Mawada from the Eagles. I think that would be a pretty good package. And then the other package that I have is a bit bigger. We give up uh, Christian McCaffrey this year's first, uh, Robbie Anderson, and Derek Brown. And we get Russell Wilson for that package. You guys, let me know uh, what you think of this. Package. What a deal for everybody! We can't give up our first. Like it's like it's like one too many. That's the thing. It's like one yeah. thing too many. Like I'm okay with the Robbie. I'm okay with the first. I'm okay. Even in theory, uh, with Derek Brown or with Christian McCaffrey, but all of them, I feel like you take Christian McCaffrey off that list, I might start thinking about it. I mean, Derek Brown, you know, and people might. Look, I like listen, Derek Brown, bro. Like, no, nah, don't too, shit man. on and him. It'd be might, fine. Say, might as well just keep him right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shitting on him. I'm saying, you know, I, I have said before that I think that he was overdrafted for where he was drafted. Right. But that does not mean that he is not an incredibly important part of our defense going right. forward. Especially if and we're going can to be, be a, a great part of it too. Yeah, exactly. and you're going to need that monster in the middle. You're going to need that disruptor, that big guy that can eat up those double team blocks on the interior. You're going to need that type of guy. And I think Derek Brown is that kind of guy. How do we alter that deal right there to get Russell Wilson, Cody? Because, like, I think you could almost – could you make that deal with the first? Could you give them a first Robbie and – like, he's right. It's like, it's not like – first of all, you can't just give them two things. It's not just going to be Robbie and a first. That's going to get you Russell. But if I you mean, give what them, about Christian McCaffrey and Derek Brown? And like a those, first, or the, that's I mean, it. No, just players straight up, they just eat all that money. I think they'd rather the first pick. Give them the yeah. first pick, and Robbie and. But you have to figure if you're losing a, a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson, you want to get an <laughs> offensive weapon for him in return. So you're either going to want Robbie Anderson, you're going to want Christian McCaffrey, or you're going to want the the sixth overall pick. Or seventh or whatever the fuck we're picking at right now. They get um, two of the three, and one of them is Robbie. That's what I say. Uh, that's I tough. I, I said that was a rich deal for Russell, a little rich for it Russell. Was. But listen, I, I like that call though. I think Connor's thinking more proactive about the future of our football team than uh, Scott Fitter and Matt Rule are. So, dude, shout out to Connor, man. 
Yeah, another uh, young guy call. that we have watching the show. Feel like that's the first call. time Con- Connor's called in. We appreciate it. We hope you call back. The number's 252-228-5098. We're talking about Ian Thomas. We're talking about the Panthers potential draft picks at quarterback. Let's go to the next call. If it if it will play. Come on. When the double click doesn't work, we have to stall. All right, so let's stop. Hey, what's up, C3? This no, is I guess not. Hope y'all don't get tired of me tonight, but y'all going through a lot tonight, and uh, I got some things to address real quick. As far as Ian Thomas, yeah, he did start off with a hot hand, <laughs> and he's been up and down, but I didn't know, you know, if you listen to my last comment, you know, I was kind of like, okay, you know, he, I think he had the most catches uh, ratio, the better catch ratio out of all the receivers last year, right? I believe. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. But the money, yeah, it is ridiculous. The one thing we really have to look at is, okay, we, we're saying that it's all Scott Fitter, and I believe that it is. I really don't have that. I really don't feel that Matt Rule, you know, b- before this year, yes, he had that control of acquisitions, right? But go back to the presser a few weeks ago when Fitterer came out and just literally blasted Matt Rule's assessment of arm length at the uh, at the O-line position. The GM isn't going to say anything that he doesn't have the authority to say. So that signals this, that maybe the team now is more in Fitterer's hands than we think. As a matter of fact, even as it concerns the draft, why do you want a lame duck coach even making any picks? You know what I'm saying? Because a lame duck agree. coach needs to do what? Shut the duck up, pretty much. Because <laughs> you don't want him <laughs> picking players that's going to outlast his ass. Um, and, again, we have to consider Ben McAdoo. Where does he fit in all of this? For all intents and purposes, this guy is the interim head coach. we got to think about that. Mm-hmm. So are these picks based on, <laughs> you know, based on the fact that you know, they're just safe picks until rules out of the way. Or, you know, is Ian Thomas a guy that, that, that Ben McAdoo likes or what so have you. Um, back to Ian's charges. Look, we've had much worse. Yeah, we're okay. not worried about the severity uh, of it. 2019, guy got pulled over with weed. You know, that's not, not really worse. But, I mean, in retrospect, we knew about that right when it happened, right? This takes a year or so. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know why we just not find out about it. But on we, we've had things, you know, at the higher end of the spectrum. Remember, guy in the truck. I won't even say the sorry bastard's name. Yeah, we're not going to give him any validity. But we got out of, that out of the history. So, yeah, um, th- there's been a lot worse. Y'all have a blessed night. Keep- yeah, not worried about the type of charges that these are. I mean, clearly you don't want any of your players getting in trouble just like i don't want my children or myself to catch a charge right like as you say that uh i mean when you only catch 18 passes but you catch five charges sucks um i would remind my boy joe sent me who who helped me out with that four hundred and forty four thousand dollars a catch number is what he's going to be getting uh, he sent me a message. We could have drafted Mark Andrews ahead of Ian Thomas. 
So Ian Thomas was drafted ahead of Mark Andrews for Baltimore and the Schultz guy who had eight touchdowns for the Cowboys last year. But here's the thing about Ian Thomas and the all of this to me screams it screams weird. Is something strange in the neighborhood? And what I mean by that is that look, this is a three-year deal. It's sixteen million, but he's getting eight million next year, guaranteed. That has to be the majority of the guaranteed money, right? I mean, it just has to. I mean, obviously. So it's like this is a one-year deal. How is it that the Carolina Panthers are sinking this cost in a player who has had all he's had is look is we've heard Matt Rule say that he is the brand kind of player. Like he has raved about Ian Thomas from a leadership perspective, like how, how he already works. So I don't even care about the charges. This is what makes me concerned about the charges though. And when it comes down to it is if we knew about the charges we sh- I feel like we shouldn't have overpaid. I feel like we overpaid, right? Like if you knew a car had the Carfax, like you had the Carfax and it had been in a wreck, but it's a great deal and it wasn't that bad of a wreck and you feel confident that it's not going to be a big problem to the car, right? Right, you know, but you get to use that Carfax against the the car dealer. <laughs> I mean, like this bitch has been in a wreck. I ain't paying the top dollar for it. We paid, uh, all right, so either we knew about the charges and we paid top dollar, which is problematic. That means we're not shrewd negotiators. It maybe tells us something about, like, the plan. Are we just setting Matt Rule up for a one-year failure? Scott Fitter is saying, hey, after this, we're going to be cool. Or what if, even worse, we didn't know about this? We paid it, and that just shows even more the incompetence of the organization, right? Like, you just went and bought a car. You didn't get the Carfax report. It won't, you paid the top dollar in the book for it, and it won't even the best car. Like, it had high mileage and bad tires. It just does not seem like a deal where we come out going, man, we really... You know, I could see how this is going to work. Like, yeah, like it's not one of those deals where you like. If we were to sign Hassan Reddick tomorrow, we would all be ecstatic about that, right? We would all be like, "Yes, finally, we got him locked up to a a deal that's got him here at least for three years or or whatever it may be." Right? You don't get that same feeling out of this type of deal. I agree. I agree. Cody, overpay. Yeah. That's the problem, man. It's the overpay. That's the problem here. Yep. It's and then that means that down the road, we're, we're going to be looking at these contracts, uh, you know, and, and, you know, thinking about what money we could have been spending where if we hadn't signed all these terrible deals. I don't know, man. It's just tough, dude. It's like every I feel single like we're trying bit to create an out news. It, yeah, but I mean, it still feels like every single bit of news that comes out pertaining to the Carolina Panthers. It's just us explaining how stupid it is and how nonsensical it is. And for for anyone who thinks that we're too hard, look, we have to see some results, some positive results before we ease up on this football team and the decisions that they make because they have inspired absolutely 
uh, you know, the, no confidence from the fan base that they know what they're doing and that they're moving in the right direction. I mean, we, we, we do nothing but continuously talk about this. And it's to the point now where, you know, to that last caller's point, we can only hope that Scott Fitterer has more control than he previously did. But if we're going to give uh, Scott Fitterer the credit for this Ian Thomas contract, well, then that doesn't necessarily look no, like there's no credit. He knows what he's doing. Either. Right. I feel like this is that either he is setting rule up for a one year opportunity where maybe whatever you need, not whatever you need, but we will give you, we're not going to under man you, you know, we're not going to hamstring you because it feels like that Tepper has said, look, we're rolling one more year with Matt rule. Right. So it would be kind of cruddy to run one more year with him and not at least give him close to an honest shot to achieve what he wanted. So I almost feel like this is like, all right, you want Ian Thomas? I'll get you Ian Thomas. Like who you want next? I'll get it, but I ain't signing him past one more year. And uh, good luck to you. Good luck to you, sir. I know. I mean, that's what it kind of feels like. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're paying one year, eight million. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, let's go to the next call. What's up, C3 Podcast? Um, this is Nick Hedden, longtime Panther fan. Thank you, brother. Um, ever since they made the announcement back in 92, 93, I came in for football practice myself and looked on WRL, and there it was. It was the Panthers. Now we are the kittens. <laughs> mm. I don't know what the hell we are doing right now. Um, yeah, your 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 thumbnail intrigued me. <laughs> you know, when Ian Thomas first started, I used to have this thing with him. You know, when he caught a touchdown, so I say, "Up, oh, this team has got IT certified." <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> IT. They got an IT, IT certificate. In this contract deal. I, I don't know. I mean, this year I have, I do have, I do say, this year he was serviceable. You know, he he. he... Tell you the truth, I think if I if memory serves me correctly, I believe that he uh, is the one that caught most of his targets. Eighteen <laughs> catches, thirty so, targets. You know. Uh, Versus That's a guy it. like Robbie Anderson, who we give a bag to, and he turns into Robbie Hutchins. Um, but yeah, uh, so so that's where we are with that. It's an acer. We got acer. The, the 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 state of the Panthers Union right now. Um, we're in kind of a limbo. You know, we talked uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago about us hiring the guy from Shady Acres to. You know, do the defensive line, and I'm like, you know, he's only had, he's only been on one NFL team that was successful uh, as a whole defense. The other times, the defense ranked 31st, and these were three different teams, <laughs> and he was, he was the line coach on all three teams. So that really doesn't give us any hope. Um, you, know, you got coaches that are making lateral moves to other locations because they see the handwriting on the wall. Um, as far as the draft, I'm okay with the draft as long as it's a Scott Christopher draft. I believe Lane Duck coaches should shut the duck up and and just stay in their little corner uh, because they really shouldn't be picking players that's probably going to outlast them, right? 
You know, that's like the Josh Rosen. I like that thing. phrase. That's Shut crazy. the duck up. Um, if we go all line like this, they were going to do, look for them to keep, to try to keep Cam and maybe go after a Malik Willis. Uh, oh, oh. All right. Um, so that was actually a really good. No, that's segue a good segue. When, Thank you. Yeah, when he mentioned uh, what we're gonna do. True pro at, right uh, there. Yeah, man, on that offensive line. Um, so Daniel Jeremiah uh, was doing a, uh, I guess, an interview with Rich Eisen, and it came up the topic of the Panthers and what we're going to be doing with that sixth overall pick, and. Um, he had this to say, which I found interesting. One moment, let me cue this up. Carolina, from everything I've been told, the picks right behind them is they are they are dead set on the offensive line. And I, I mean, to me, it was like put to me from somebody who's tied in there uh, with those guys that just no matter what, just give them an offensive line, and even if you think it's a reach. Um, so that's, that's what I did with them. You know, Give them an offensive lineman, even if they think it's a reach. And, and going back to that same clip, that the Panthers are so desperate to upgrade their offensive line position that even if a player isn't necessarily valued to be a top 10 pick, they are intent on taking that player if it's the best option available. And Tony, I, I believe I said this to you before the before the show, I remember days of Dave Gettleman saying you don't shop hungry. You know, you don't go into the draft looking to fill your needs. Your free agency sets up your draft, and you want to be able to set up everything to go best player available. Now, David Gettleman missed on a bunch of his picks, to be very fair. And at times, he walked even, the walk. even through he his own the talk. He didn't walk the walk. He even, yeah, he even threw his own ideologies out the window. But this is so it's dumb right. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is so dumb to me because it's anti that. They are so intent on on fixing the offensive line that they're just gonna take whichever one they think the best the best one is. Now, this could ultimately end up being a good thing for the Panthers. Um, we really like a Kemakwanu out of NC State, the left tackle that could end up playing <laughs> guard or left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, but um also Charles Cross would be in that mix. Um, I even imagined uh, Tyler Linderbaum or uh, or even a, a Trevor Penning could be in that position as well. Whoever the, you know, based on whoever the Carolina Panthers have ranked higher on their big board. So I want to pose this question to you: How much do you believe this? Uh, do you believe this report? And kind of to go off that, you know, from a secondary question: Do you trust Brady Christensen? enough at left tackle that you would be content going with a guard or a center instead of someone who is potentially the best left tackle on the board. CK, you first. Man, I don't, I don't understand the need to draft a guy that you know will be there or you're pretty confident would be there at 12, 13, 14, 15. Right. Um, I also could see I, maybe call me crazy. And again, this goes against everything. I, if, if this Ian Thomas deal hadn't happened, I would have thought, you know, man, maybe Scott Fitter is playing chess finally. Right. 
by thinking, hey, listen, we're going to take an offensive lineman here no matter what. So why would somebody want to try to jump ahead of us to try to take a quarterback that we may want at six? You know, oh, there's going to be taking an offensive lineman. There's no need for us to jump ahead of the Carolina Panthers. So we're just going to, you know, hang back here or, you know, maybe jump right behind them or maybe even offer the Panthers this uh, draft, this, this, uh, this amount to jump ahead of somebody who might take a quarterback. Right. Uh, I mean, I would like to say that he's playing chess, but after this Ian Thomas signing, I don't know that that's the case. We're going to find out. I right now, I think it's got to be. I was so set on offensive linemen. I was so set on it. Don't let this fully, man. Look, this is go ahead. You're, you're right. CK, you're right. Don't let this scare you. The Panthers should be so set on offensive line that they're not going to move off unless they're trading back. Right. right. It was like, is, you know what the real reach is, is Kenny Pickett at six. <laughs> you know what the real reach is? Malik Willis at six. The real reach is the strong or the Ritter, whatever the fuck, all these names are all of a sudden that people are telling me that are going to be good. They're the real reaches. Look, this ain't that effing hard. If the Panthers can't trade back, they should pick an offensive lineman. If they don't pick an offensive lineman, they desperate. They desperate. So I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this mess. Is like they're going to reach no matter what. Tell me who, what, are they going to pick a corner here? Okay. Like that's what, like that would be like saying this is that the Panthers were going to pick a corner last year no matter what. If Slater was there, if Sue was there, I don't want to hear it. Like, yeah, so duh, we should have done this three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. This ain't thirsty. This is just practical. Give me that fucking offensive lineman. Yeah, my uh, the part that worries me is that they're going to grab. Okay, for example, let's say we really like a Kamakwanu. So right now, if I if I had to pick based off of this information. You know, that's why I asked about Brady Christensen and what you think about him okay. long term. Answer that too. Is yeah, y'all yeah, yeah. are all too much. Y'all are too high on this dude. And I'm not saying he can't be, but to count, to count on this person to be is too much. Right? Like I mean, like he we did not like all the reason you guys love him is just because you hate Matt Rule and Matt Rule didn't love him. And you guys liked him coming out of college and he didn't suck when he was on the field entirely. But that's not what I want to put my whole season on, my whole future on. I hope that works out. I hope Brady Christensen comes out and becomes the best left tackle in the history of the world. But that should not exclude me from picking Cross or this other dude. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, so the the player that I am, if all of these things are true and we're going to consider them to be true, I'm going to continue to go with what Matt Rule and Federer have shown us that they value highly, and that's position versatility. And I think that, that that's why Akam Kwanu would be the best guy for that position. I think that he could play left tackle really well based on this film. But I also think that he's a day one all pro at left guard if you decide to put him there. And the fact of the matter is, I don't know if this works in reverse. 
I disagree with the Panthers evaluation. I don't think that Brady Christensen is a second round guard and sure, a third sure. round tackle. If sure. anything, if anything, my main concern, Tony, is that Brady Christensen's skill set is primarily meant to play tackle and that he's not quite aggressive enough to be that interior okay. guy. So I think when you pick a guy like a Kamekwanu, you know, if Brady Christensen ends up being your, you know, your best left tackle and the way that you can get the most out of that position, then you take a Kim, you put him in the middle, and then you're going to be able to, you know, run the football and be but much I more. I don't even like to hear that. Is I think that Brady Christensen probably could be mean and nasty enough to play guard if he had to. Like, I don't want to give up on him being a guard either. Like, I agree with you. I understand, like, all right, yeah. so we want to, we feel like his skill, but they have said his skill set leans more towards a guard, not more towards the tackle. So if you truly believe in your original draft assessment, you should say this, is that, like, we're trying to make Brady Christians in the guard this year and put him and Cross together. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I say I, have I mean, some I, guts, I man. Is I just, that like I just, just have I, I some think... guts? Pick the person that you believe in, not the person that you are backing into. Yeah, but I kind of do believe in Brady Christensen just because of the fact that Matt Rule did. Okay, that's fine. His, and you and don't need a, that's not for the draft, though. In your well, whole no, future, you're, you're, you can believe in him all you want. But no, but yes, it is. You're trying to figure out the configuration of your offensive line going forward. And yeah, Dude, we can get rid of Moten seen, next year then. If we, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that's the case. Why we getting rid of Moten? No, we need Moten. What I'm saying is, is if you have a player that shows the potential to be a good left tackle, then I say <laughs> give him the opportunity to do so. You, you know, he's he did right, not look. Right. Brady Christensen call. didn't look good at guard last year. How about that? He every time he we saw right. Christensen at guard, he didn't look good. Okay, all right. Look, I respect your opinion. I think you're kind of right. I understand where you're coming from. Complimentary players rather than double stacking. I do right. get that. Do get that. Next call. Hey, what's up? Been a long time. Um, what's good? Here's what you got to think hey, about. Sure like, so what nobody is considering is, is that we already don't have a lot of money. We already have our 18 mil deep end on Sam. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I'm, I'm probably about 80% sure that Matt Rule won't make it until about halfway through the season. Probably I'm betting about the buy. So with that being said, I wouldn't waste my money on bringing in nobody else. Um, on, unless it's like really cheap, cheap. So I would go with somebody mm-hmm. like, um, uh, Unfortunately, like uh, keeping Sam or going like that because a new coach is not going to want to bring in, is going to want to bring in his own person. So I wouldn't waste any more money. The damage has already been done. We just need to lay in the bed, let him, you know, he done brought in three quarterbacks. It didn't work. Let him figure that out and uh, let's, uh, let this this ship sink, get him fired, and go on to something else. I think that's the best plan. Actually, we'll need to spend no more money on this mess. In terms of the end, uh, Thomas saying, um, in can block, but in can catch, and we need a tight end that can do all of those things, okay? Um, yes. So that's where I'm at. And he's been with us for how long? And he has not made an impression yet. So why we, we could do better than that in the draft. But anyway, that's just my personal opinion. But um, I digress. Anyway. 
Or you can just do that better and for like a two um league minimum type guy. Feel like man hurts is probably just as good as a player as Ian Thomas is. Yeah, and you know, Shulika makes a good point, man. And, you know, it, when you have a tight end that's been with you for four years, you want to see some justification, or even right. some, or even some idea that he's getting better and better every single year. And th- even that hasn't been the case. Right. Like I said, he crested three hundred receiving yards. One his year, first his year. Rookie, his rookie, his rookie year. season, and then he's never been able to reproduce that since. That's why I brought up to you earlier, Tony, like just to play devil's advocate a little bit. Is it just because we're not using our tight ends correctly that he hasn't been given the proper chance? Uh, are we just not putting him in the lineup enough, or is he just sorry? Is he just not that guy? Just is he just not, not that talented of a player? And I think these are all legitimate questions that we're asking around Eden Thomas. And the fact that there are so many questions makes that contract all the more questionable. Yeah. Next call. What's up, C3? It's Noah here. And, oh, what's up, Noah? Um, just want to say how y'all do, how y'all day's going. Hope it's going well. But Appreciate I you, bro. like on the Ian Thomas' thing, I mean, I, I know like all the charges, but I really don't care. But I think he's getting paid too much money to be really Truth. doing nothing to contribute for the team. I feel like um, we should have traded the other guy. Oh, Dan Arnold. Yeah. Draft, I really don't care about the draft, really. It's pretty boring. Got better things to do in my life. But, you know. <laughs> I love this guy. This is, He's like my favorite person. I know a lot of people say we don't need a quarterback. We just stand for the quarterback that we have. But I think we really do need a quarterback because I feel like when Sam Darnold get in too much pressure, he just fumbled. So that's why I feel in this situation. And I hope that you'll have a nice day. He pounded. God, Noah. Pounded, He's man. the coolest hey, dude I've ever met, man. Dude, He's we, my guy. I don't care about this. We, we've yeah. got the young, we've got the Panthers Young Avengers assembling in our mm-hmm. cat calls, man. Connor, then Noah shows up. But we yeah, got man. the guys, man. We got the next generation of Panther fans kicking it with us on a Tuesday night, man. Um, I love it. Hey, he is a man after your own heart. He says, "Hey, I got better things to do than no, to watch the draft. Too. I got other way more cool combine, right? Or is yeah, it, is yeah. it, is it the combine? Yeah, he don't care, man. I'm with you. The man. whole it's thing. Like, I don't. It's the buildup that's so much. Is like yeah. we're gonna watch a bazillion hours of all these people, and only one percent of it's gonna be right. If you think about it, it's Daniel Jeremiah, who is like. His name has been fielded to potentially be a GM for teams. Just randomly changes his board because he has to. And I mean, I don't even fault him for it. I mean, you work for a news outlet. You got to write a story. Like, it's Tuesday. We need your mock draft. Be like, just see the one from last week. (laughs) Can't do that. You got to try to find some tinge of a storyline or something different or some potential difference i'm with you man it's like just tell me the players we got and then we'll root for them and tell you as we're rooting for them that they're sorry <laughs> yeah that seems like a rashawn Galden. that year we got um we picked burns first the year that we got ian thomas rashawn Galden was the third round pick who was our second round pick that year? Bomb, probably um, too. 
We picked a couple. Up. We picked a um, safety in the corner. I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, that's right. Was it Greg Little? I think so. Mm. Yeah, tough. I know. It's, it, it's been a blur of suck. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know what is um. Greg Little was like the pansy Charles Cross. He's like a wussy Charles Cross to me. Yeah. And by the way, man, shout out to me. I was saying that when yeah. I originally saw him, that he was soft. Just didn't he, like the tenaciousness of, yeah. All right. Yeah, I was not happy with the pick. Uh, Avengers, mount up, man. The youngins. The young, young Avengers, man. The young cats are informing the old hats here, folks. The young cats informing the old hats. The number is 252-228-1598. You old cats, here's your chance to teach these youngins a little thing about the C3 Panthers podcast. C3, Nick had to get last time I'm going in. I promise. Listen. I don't believe it. We're talking about Scott. And it's okay. We love it. Sabotaging the team. And, you know, that's going to be on his name, you know, just like his man rules. Listen, we got to understand that we're dealing with the owner that kept Matt Herney after firing Rivera. That's like, that's like taking the trash can to the dump, but leaving the bag in the house. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, better thinks that, you know, Kevin might do the same thing and keep him around. Which he very well could, because now he set precedent for that, right? Like the guy doesn't know what he's doing with the football team, you know. I I, I, I don't know, and that's the thing. His silence is so golden and so telling that you know what I'm saying. You can leave so much into the imagination. You can really say that he's trying his best to melt the team down, to devalue it, and sell it off. And he just wants the stadium for his little soccer. Project. We could say that because his silence leaves us no other choice, right? So, but, you know, yeah, we, we have to consider all things. Why? Because we are left to our imagination <laughs> and our speculation to do so because our owner won't say anything to us. Period, point blank. That's it. I promise y'all. Good night. Thank you. Love the call. Let's keep going. What's going on, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. Uh, probably going to be a two-parter because there's two specific topics. Or a tree-parter. I wanted to talk about her. I guess get you guys' opinions on. First, uh, well, I Corey. wanted to see if who, if you guys think the Panthers are going to uh, place a tag on anybody, and if so, who do you think is going to be? And uh, I guess another part, like, who 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 should it be? Like, who would you put a franchise tag All on? All right, let's stop right there. Hold on. The team's actually going to pause before he tells us. And we keep going. I mean, he's got a lot to say. Yep. Who should we franchise tag? Hassan Reddick. Yeah, Dido. Hassan. I'm not interested. You know, talk about replacing him or whatever. I'm not interested in. Well, it would be a high name that's about no, to walk knowing, away. Is there anybody that, else? No. Nope. Knowing what we have to do and what we have to do on offense and how we have to build and continuously build up this offense, I want to do everything in my power to try and keep that defense relatively the same and put us in a position to add some pieces to it and not take away from it. He, he gets is, a linebacker price, right? Yeah. Right. He doesn't get a DM price, I would think, as like that sucks for no. him. And that helps us. And what about this? 
if you are sinking, this might fit into the model. It might fitterer into the model where we sink the money in this year, but trying to clear the books for the future. Right. A franchise tag has no bearing next year. Right. But what if you're a tag and we trade Reddick four games into the season? Trade? Dude, I would be so like, So to like another, no, like think about this is like we realize this team, Matt Rule's a fool. Everything's going to get screwed up. But we trade him to a contender that needs a DN. Maybe it's in week seven or something like right before the trade deadline. And they need a guy that can come in and make ultimately what Von Miller did for the Rams this year or something. You know what I'm saying? Like to that effect, that could be a way to pay money now in a short term and get production in the first half of the season and even draft capital later on potentially i mean it, again uh knowing how much he has meant to our pass rush last year and by the way he went on twitter saying that he looks to be 250 pounds next season and basically telling everybody to look out that when you look at what and by the way this is 100 percent true when you look at what hassan reddick has been able to do while primarily now for the past two years playing as that 3-4 outside linebacker rushing the edge. I mean, his production has just been absolutely through the roof. So he's inclined to believe in himself, and look what that's done for him the past two years in a row. I have no reason to not bet on Hassan Reddick in the same way that he has bet on himself because unlike Matt Rule and the current Carolina Panthers, he is actually trending upward in the right direction. So, yeah. yeah. Man, I mean, it, I do agree. Up. But the franchise tag is that that doesn't get us contractually involved with him for a long time. It is. I like this idea. Is And I'm trying to think like way out. But imagine putting him. The Panthers stink next year. Right. And we trade him to say the Cowboys who have Dak and this offense that's cooking and this defense was going crazy. And you put Hassan Reddick and Micah Parsons on that same defense. Like, I feel like Jerry Jones would give us their first and a third for that. And that is money well spent for us. I like this idea of, ta- you know, I don't think Hassan Reddick wants to be franchise tag, though. Mm-mm. Like, that doesn't really help him. That, I mean, it gives him $14 million, which is better than what he pl- played for this year. I don't think he's going to be mad necessarily at the guaranteed money because he likes to bet on himself. But he really would like to just sign a four-year deal with the Eagles. He hasn't gotten that yet. Yeah. Well, he might. You might. We haven't yeah, seen it yet. You're right. Fine. We haven't seen it yet. Is people have continued to overlook him contractually. All right, let's keep going with the call. Um, me, I honestly, if if it's on the table, I'll put a tag on Gilly. Um, only because like, oh, here I, it I is. A lot of people, there's, there's this like you know notion around him that he, that he potentially likes you know the Carolinas so much. He loves it. He would be willing to take a pay cut to stay here. 
Um, I mean, I just, I kind of just don't believe that. I don't really have any, like, any, any, uh, thing to combat it. I just, I just don't really see that. It's like, no way. You know, we're, we're not, a, of course, he, he probably loves the Carolinas. He loves it here. I mean, we're not great. We're not a good team. Like, who knows? He hasn't been here that long. I just don't see him taking a pay cut to, to stay with us. But I think he'd be, he'd be a really good player to put a tag on because he's still elite. He's still a really good corner. Um, but I don't really know if his age and just the trajectory of his career matches up with what we're trying to do as a team and the age of the rest of the defense, right? So, you know, by the time you franchise tag somebody once, you may be able to get, like, another tag on there. After that, they're going to be way too expensive to, you know, sign to a long-term deal. Like, he's, he's at that point, he's not going to be worth it at, you know, whatever age he's going to be. But he still has a lot to give to this team. He has a lot to teach to, you know, J.C. Um, still have – to see, you know, what we have in C.J. Henderson. I don't necessarily think he's um, that good, but the jury's still kind of out on him. You know, this next year, the next two years, we can really see what we have in these defensive backs, still get something out of um, Gilmore uh, before, you know, we start to see the age, you know, kind of take over his play type decline. Um, I think I think that's really all I had on this. I, don't, I, would, I, I wouldn't franchise tag a sign Reddick, honestly, because at that point, um, if, if if we do, it's just kind of off-putting signing him to a long-term deal because if we do end up doing that, he's gonna. I feel like the money is just gonna be just just kind of way too over what what he's worth. He's a great player, great pass rusher, um, still um, in the prime of his career or just entering it. But for him, the money that he would be commanding after getting his franchise tag would be something like a like. But it would be a rental. The franchise tag is a rental. He's a really really talented good pass rusher. But I'm a, I'm gonna call back on the second point. Thing about this is that you paid eight million dollars for who was more important to this team last year, Ian Thomas or Hassan Reddick? If you franchise tag Hassan Reddick, he will it will cost sixteen million dollars. Is what it will cost sixteen. Is that is he worth two Ian Thomases? And I would say yes. I would say yes, he is. And that's why I like the franchise Reddick move is that you're not investing in him to be your defensive player for the long term, like the long time. It's like, you know what? You just say this. It screws Hassan Reddick, I think. If I'm Hassan Reddick, I don't want that deal. Right, you're gonna play on a terrible team again. You gotta try to do this all over. You're gonna have to go out there and beat us. I would much rather try to sign a three-year deal with the Eagles, where I got twenty-four million dollars guaranteed with the potential of making forty-four million dollars. But it might be good for the Panthers. The tagging Gilmore question is important too is because Gilmore would not be cheap, man. I feel like corners, the franchise, that that's another one-year rental. All the franchise tag is a one-year rental. You get the best car on the lot for one year and one year only. And I feel like cor- aren't, don't corners make more money than outside linebackers? I would think so. Yeah, I think at the top end, they probably <laughs> do. Yeah. But, um... All right, All right. well, yeah, let's go to his... Points. About yep. Here's part two of his call. Hey, fellas, it's uh, part two of Corey's call. Well, I guess not part two, just a second unrelated call, but I want to talk about the um, Kirk Cousins rumors. 
that's ramping up in uh, the Panther sphere. Um, it's it's like I don't really know what what all we can say that we just haven't said before about the team, bro. Like I feel like it's like we're we just keep doing the same shit over and over again. We keep relieving the same thing, and it's like I saw a tweet from SB Nation like talking about how the the, the headline literally read, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins trade talks heating up as the Panthers attempt to screw it up again. And it's like, bro, how how is the national media seeing everything that we're doing? Like we're a, like we're a laughing stock. How are they seeing this? And our fucking front office doesn't see it. Like say like, that, how Corey. So say that. What the team actually is to to think that Kirk Cousins is going to solve our problems? It's like, bro, this man. Like I've seen people like, oh, would you rather have Sam or what? What do you think? Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't better than Sam. Like, no, you fucking idiot. Of course, Kirk Cousins is better than Sam Darnold, but that's not the point. Yes. Like, it ain't just black and white like that. Right. We're a young team with lots, lots, and lots of holes, really big needs, and very limited resources. Why would we, like, unless we're literally trading Sam Darnold for Kirk Cousins straight up, which still isn't a good move because we're getting rid of an expiring contract over uh, to, to get an expensive-ass Kirk Cousins who's been franchise tagged multiple times, it's like, there's 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 nothing that Kirk Cousins would do for us. Why would we take on limited resources, trade it away for a quarterback who's one not doesn't have potential to get better? We all we know he is what he is. You can say Kirk Cousins right. has a great touchdown interception ratio. You can say that he doesn't perform a prime time. You can say all this, but he is what he is. He's not going to get any better. He's not going to like turn this team around with somebody who's had Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson at his disposal. For the last three or four years hasn't been yes. able to do anything with it. What the hell is he Say gonna that, do Corey. on our team with limited resources, no O line, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh weapons who we really don't know if you know what we have is DJ Moore real number one, can Christmas McCaffrey stay healthy? Like what is Kirk Cousins gonna do for us other than like like that's like it's so frustrating, bro. That's not how you build a team. Find a young quarterback, find young cheap talent to fill your needs. You don't you don't fucking use more resources to, to, to get somebody who's not going to make you better. Kirk Cousins is not going to make an immediate impact on his team, bro. We're still going to be we, – we might max out at, at eight wins instead of five. Like, I, I don't want him. I don't care. Uh, I think that's the thing that I had for it, man. Uh, I just want to see what, what, what y'all think about it, man. Uh, I, I can probably assume what it is, but I don't want no Kirk Cousins in Carolina, man. I don't want Kirk Cousins. I don't want Mr. Bisky. Was that the end of the call? I believe so. Corey, yeah. fantastic call, brother. And that that is essentially what I said earlier, man. There are all these quarterbacks that you can cut and paste their name in there, and I don't want them. Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Gardner Minshew. I know we're not going to have a 30-minute discussion about it. That's my thing, man, is that all these names, yeah, are they better than Sam Darnold? Yeah, it's a low fucking bar. You don't have to, you know, be very good to be better than Sam Darnold. But at the same time, none of these guys are long-term answers. Like Corey said, they all have very clearly defined ceilings. A lot of them have had premier talent that they've been able to play with on offense, have had better rosters than the Carolina Panthers, and they still were not able to put their respective teams over the edge and get a Super Bowl championship for those teams. So, you know, especially with the Kirk Cousins, 
but this also applies to Jimmy Garoppolo or, or, or whatever quarterback that you're trying to bring in here who is just a game manager. Uh, it really does seem like the Panthers are addicted to this game manager style of quarterback that's only ever going to do just enough to make sure the Panthers squeak out victories based on their defense and running the football. I don't think it's you're addicted to game managers, but you would love to be able to go ask the hottest girl to the dance, but she don't care about you. Like you don't have a chance. So now you're in the, you're trying to find the hottest girl out of the unhot girls. You're trying to find the hottest seven or six, you know? Or, yeah, like you're trying to find a seven who's really a five that maybe if she dressed a little, you know, act, you know, person. No, you're trying to find a seven with the mindset of a four. She doesn't know she's a seven. That's what you mm. want. Yeah, and you think she's a two, I guess. Good gosh, <laughs> this is so sad. Oh, so I feel funny. like I feel like it's gotten worse. And sorry, yes. girls. You can rank me all you want. People came up here and called me Cruella DeVille, so you can call me a one. And you can call me at 252-228-5098. That's right. You can call me a one. You can call me a 10. Or you can call me at 252-228-5098. The C3 Panthers podcast, longest-running Panthers podcast, where we give you the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Let's go to the next call. What's up, fellas? It's Nick Hedden again. It's like... God, I told you one is last out, call. Y'all pull me back in, just like that scene out of The Godfather. Oh my God! Like keep on so, coming back, so bro. Talking about you know Jimmy G and all these other quarterbacks. Let, yeah. let me let me break something down to y'all that you're not really looking at. Um, this goes back to the whole acquisitions thing, right? Uh, they may be just giving Matt Rule his last hurrah. That's what I think what it is. Wants to do. I think it is. Because we know that he's afraid of alpha dogs. We know that by, by the Joe Persons um, situation that was dropped a, a month or so back. You know, he was in the elevator and just got scared out of his boots. <laughs> I think it was Justin Fields. He was in that with somebody and just got, no, 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 we can't get this dude. You know what I'm saying? It was almost, you know, he attributes himself to Jay-Z. Uh, you know, was, was Justin Fields <laughs> giving him the whole Solange business? Like, what, what was the deal with that? Not only that, but not only that. Listen to this, people. Listen to this. I was watching. I'm not sure if y'all watch this. I am athlete, right? And, no, 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 no. Excuse me, not the I'm athlete. The pivot. pivot. Yeah, pivot. the pivot. Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, their podcast. The spin yeah, I've been I'm checking athlete, them out. Right? It's pretty good. They had Michael Parsons on there. He says, and I quote, you know, I, I, I you know, so all these people saw following the stuff, and he's like, well, you know, it got us to the Panthers, and he said, and I quote, well, I know they're not going to pick me because we don't really have a relationship. Wait a minute. This guy went to the same university as Matt Rule, Penn State, LBU. And we, we, we haven't had that stellar linebacker since Luke. You're telling me that 
You're not going to look at the guy that came from your university? Why did he say it again? He's not even on your board, not even on your radar? What is Are you pissed? I have a good answer to this. Tell me this. Tell me what happened. Give me a little bit more, like, context. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is, is how do you pass on somebody like a Parsons who went to Penn State, and I believe you're saying, you know, that was Matt Rule's alma mater. Not even yeah, that. It was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah definitely was. He was in the same. He was in the same linebacker room as Lavar Arrington. Uh, Matt Rule was, and Lavar so, Arrington, who is like one of the greatest specimens of a linebacker in the history of the world, speaks highly of Matt Rule being like this. He was like, he's a guy that could tell us what to do, but couldn't do. Like he was like, I cheated off a of Matt Rule's paper type thing. So I I want to I want to be consistent here. If you go back and listen to some of the things that I said about Michael Parsons last year, every time that I watch a player play from Penn State, I always get so upset, man, how they have so much talent on defense, yet they are so underutilized. This conversation even extends to your Turgos Matos. Uh, who I thought was uh, heavily underutilized at Penn State as well. Look, they had Michael Parsons playing an inside linebacker, just a primary off-the-ball linebacker. And if you go back to the film review that we did on him, he missed his gap assignments a lot of the time. He plays so aggressive that it caused him to be out of place when he needed to be somewhere else making the tackle. Well, this is why what the Cowboys did was really quite genius. They said, look, here is this incredible freak athlete. He's raw. He has all these physical tools. We're just going to move him around and let him be a game wrecker. Sometimes we'll make him drop back in the coverage. Other times we'll have him man the middle. But other than that, we just want this guy to be a freakazoid and be aggressive and go get after the quarterback and blow shit up. And that is not really what Michael Parsons did when he was at Penn State. So you really need some imagination to be able to look at Michael Parsons at Penn State and then say, okay, well, maybe if you do some different things with him, he'll turn into this really good football player. But he was lacking all the polish that you want to see from that true Mike linebacker position. Granted, hindsight is always twenty twenty. We're trying to fill that void left by Luke Kickley, which we have not been able to do. But I don't hold that against them uh, as much as I do say is, Rashawn Slater. Hold on one sec. I don't hold it as much as I do against Rashawn Slater, for example, because Rashawn Slater, you saw everything that you wanted in a franchise left tackle in his film. It was there for yeah. everyone to see, mm-hmm. and yet you still passed on him. At least they had a reason to pass on Michael Parsons. They had no reason to pass on Rashawn Slater. Um, this is where it gets me a little crazy with the draft heads. Is that like, oh, I pick him at fifteen, but not at eight? So you you pick Michael Parsons at fifteen and feel, oh, like that's like awesome, and then all of a sudden he goes out there and becomes the best defensive player in the league overnight. You're like, oh, we got this. But if we would have picked him at nine, it would have been too rich. Right? Like I feel like you just gotta have some gusto and you gotta pick the dudes that you think are gonna be dogs. 
And that's why I do think what you're talking about with Rashawn Slater is also correct. Like 100, you know, is that Michael Parsons was not overpicked, but I think that if you say, oh, I'm not going to pick him at 10, but I would pick him at 11, that's ridiculous. And that's where I got a problem with this stuff. Now, I do want to continue for a brief second to talk about the pivot. So I've watched and listened to this podcast a couple of times, like not much, but I like it. I ain't gonna lie. Like I'm really down on it. Um, well produced, right? But the best join is I saw Hall of Famer Charles Haley. And Charles Haley has as many Super Bowl rings as <clears throat> Tom Brady does. Right? He played for the Cowboys. I think he does. It's like five or six. He's close, if not. like He is like one of the most accomplished players when it comes to the Super Bowl ever. Tom Brady being the only person that I think could outweigh him. He played for the Cowboys and the 49ers in the best of their days. But he was also like this crazy-ass weird defensive player, too. Like, um, And when I say weird defensive players, like there's rumors... And when I say rumors, it's kind of confirmed that he like jerked off during meetings and did weird. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's just like, oh, there's Charles jerking off in the meeting again. But he got 10 sacks this season and he's the best player we got. And he's a dog. So he came on the pivot and that sounded terrible, like all over them, just all over. Them. No. Um, and he was he is the funniest jokester. <laughs> like trading barbs back and forth. And there was this moment on the pivot where they said, yo, what'd you do? You use a loser. Like they were like kind of trying to josh on them in that like open and cut, but you know, they cut it up so much that they, you don't give the full context of all the jokes and stuff, but you can read into it. He said, nah, we didn't have lotion. We used to use lard. Like, so I think the whole point is, is they were joking on him about the rumor that he used to do this weird kind of crap. Not weird, not weird, but well, kind of weird, but like, he was like, hey, this is me. But the point is, I'm just trying to say is like they were trying to make fun of him. He flipped, they flipped, he flipped their joke back on him. as like, nah, we use lard. <laughs> Keep shiny. Like that's old school hardcore. Charles Haley, the pivot, man. What do you well, like? You listen to that, Cody? Yeah, man. So it used to be I am athlete. That's why he originally said I am athlete. But then um, uh, Brandon Marshall apparently didn't want to give uh, Taylor and Channing, you know, enough of their cut of the pie going really? forward. Is that what yeah, happened? So yeah, so they decided to move on from that. They went out uh, and got Ryan Clark. Who does like every ESPN show imaginable? It's kind of like but a barbershop really on that show. It is, and you know what, man, Tony? It, it, like, we're in the age of podcasting that people like and really enjoy the long form conversations and and, and getting to hear, a, you know, especially professional athletes go in depth on these long form conversations and have discussions about things that they're really feeling or. You know, mm-hmm. about what happens during during a, a football season. All stuff that I find super fascinating. Uh, all those guys are super down to earth and cool, too. I also really like uh, uh, Bussin' with the Boys with Taylor Lewan. Um, yeah. yeah, that was good. That, 
Yeah, they, yeah, they have a lot of really, really cool uh, athlete podcasts now. And podcasts I like Charles Haley, bro. I like Charles Haley. He came on that uh, the Pivot podcast, and somebody they tried to make fun of him about his toes. Like he's like sixty five, seventy years old at this point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's getting up there. And they tried to make fun of him. Maybe seventies a little high, but they were like trying to make fun of him about his toes. He was wearing sandals. Not like your toes are jacked up, bro. Look like you got socks on. <laughs> That's what they like. Well, I got like that was his joke. And then Charles Haley though, so they're trying to joke on him for a second, and Charles Haley comes out throwing haymakers back, bro. Haymakers and not being mad. You know what I'm saying? Not mad, but just joshing, joshing with the boys. He said this. He said to the dude across from me, he said, and the guy that you're talking about that is on ESPN all the time, he said, man, your teeth are so white. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, I can't sit across from you. They're blinding me. And then they said, well, what do you think about this other dude's teeth who's on the show? And they are not white. He said, he got mustard in his mouth. <laughs> that was his word. He said... You got he looked like he got mustard in his mouth. That's who was talking about his teeth. That's like the most fucked up thing you can ever say to someone. You want to joke on someone's yellow teeth, you'd be like, ah, you got mustard in your mouth. That's messed up. Charles Haley was trading barbs, homie. It was dope. Next call. Me again, people. Tony, you hit it on the head tonight, man. Listen. Thank you. Of course, man, it's not the future. I keep telling people, one overlooked stat, overlooked, very overlooked, but if you look at it, it's a glaring eyesore. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago, the chances and odds against him of ever kissing the Lombardi grew by one. Now there have been, what, 56 Super Bowl winning head coaches and all of them all of them they were contributors in their college years as players mm. not Ian Matt Thomas was the only one labeled as walk on practice fodder oh this is actually quoted Rudy he's quoted as being a good team guy Rudy he's Rudy academic when you look at that at the base of what you, if you're trying to get to a Super Bowl and you look at that as a baseline of what a, what a Super Bowl coach should have, he does not have it. Tepper got him to number one, like I said, drown this team or because he sees himself in him as that 1% guy that can get this done. Everybody loves an underdog story, right? But nobody wants to pay $300 to see if Rudy can take us to a Super Bowl. And at least Rudy got to play in that last game. Out of this guy's four years at LBU, Paterno never said, hey, give me Rudy. Mm. Man, this is how... how um problematic that's, that's all i got to say people good night i'm <laughs> i'm gonna have to get off the podcast for the night or else i'm gonna be calling <laughs> it again it's all right we love it man we love your input we love your insight 
Um, and thinking about this is what that call to me kind of insinuates or tells us is like, look, we it's really hard to find anything optimistic about Matt Rule right now. Right. Is like even the story that I tried to tell you guys about LeVar Arrington remembering him from the room and him being the tutor and being the student in the game, just not having the physical ability to do it. Suggests he could like we can't find optimism in the most optimistic like this stories that we should be trying to hold on any to. And that what they like here, another one they've told us is like builder. He's been he's been a builder. He's Bob the Builder at Temple, at this <laughs> and that. And we can't hold on to that. Like, what do you hold on to? And so if Matt Rule turns it around, if he turns it around, it will be one of the greatest stories in the history of coaching. And when I say turns it around, as I will say this, if he does this this year if somehow he keeps his job beyond this year and then becomes successful i will say that is the greatest story in the history of coaching i'm giving you this is that if he fails this year and gets fired in some way in the future finds himself back in the nfl in 15 years i will say that is a great great nfl story but i don't think either of those are happening no i don't think he's pete carroll and i don't think that all of a sudden the, if this panthers team goes out there and blows out of the water good god i am we're gonna have to be on the matt rule train we're gonna have to be because it almost seems like it just cannot happen either that or we draft can you pick it and he turns out to be the best thing since sliced bread and just no, carries the Panthers football no, teams whatever. further than further than where we not, like he's Joe Burrow. He would have to be Joe Burrow. What is Kenny Pickett? No, he's not. What he's if he is? Not. How do you know? Well, he's not. I'm saying he's not. Do you know who else isn't? What have Carter I been saying? No. What have I said though? If if Matt Rule has any prospect of keeping his job like he the only path he has to draft Kenny. like yeah he has yeah. to do that and it has to somehow give us hope you know is that like oh sam darnold comes out there and gets us to three and three gets hurt and then all of a sudden kenny pickett goes what would that be six we got 11 more games say he went five and six after that kenny pickett did you know, so you end the season at eight and what that would be eight and nine with the prospect of, oh, we're going to get Kenny Pickett. We're gonna, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only way he's going to keep his job. Yeah. Someone's going to have to drag him kicking and screaming. I wonder what the uh, thought from Bengals fans were on Zach Taylor. Before uh, before Joe Burrow came in and, and gave them some prospects, because yeah, uh, but I, isn't I he an offensive guy? Yeah. See, yeah. that's the and, thing and is Matt Rule doesn't experience. give us anything. No, he doesn't give him by himself 
some like i guess the only thing he could give you is that he's an administrator and what we have seen like i mean if you think about this if you can't be the offensive genius if you can't you're not the defensive genius if you're not the player personnel genius you're just a good administrator and we haven't seen any of that from him we haven't seen him be a good steward at this point so like it's like even the one thing he's supposed to do well we didn't need him to be the greatest offensive mind which i think that's where we're leaning towards now is that you have to get a great off you have to get an andy reed and the andy reed can survive his coaching staff moving on from him but um dan quinn cannot survive can kyle shanahan moving on right you just can't i mean it's awesome like like, and that's not a shit look look at how good dan quinn has done in dallas yeah oh he's always been a phenomenal defensive coordinator but the problem is is your success is dependent on having good people and then those good people are going to move on yep and that's the sad reality of it cody lashley was on to it way before he is i'm look i'm a disciple i'm a disciple of the cody lashney way except for i'm a rebellious child and i love gardner Minshew. next call hey guys um you know what um well, here um I, I want to believe in brady christensen but to play left tackle but history doesn't allow me to um I've too risky guys drafted by the Panthers or signed in free agency. That was going to be this these great offensive linemen, and oh, they may have good season here or there, but they really not there. I've been there, done that, seen that. Um, can you get a great left tackle other than the first round? Of course, but you don't. You you have to understand. If you're here and an elite tackle is there or close to elite, you got to get him. And at worst, you're going to have Brady Christensen playing inside or somebody else playing inside and and playing good too. So, I mean, you know, I, I there's times in this draft that we are – there's times that we haven't drafted a guy because we didn't need to when we wish he had. You know, um, and as far as Matt, or as far as them saying that they would reach if they need to, I mean, come on. Last year, Matt Rule was considered drafting Slater a reach. Yeah. Yeah, we know Good that point. wouldn't have been a reach, but he thought it was a reach. So right. let's understand the mindset we're talking with. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, they let dollars short. They're willing to reach once all the big time left tackle prospects aren't there True. to even be reached for. And Amen. this makes a clear distinction, though. It came at Kwanu and Charles Cross. To me, they are not the prospects of Rashawn Slater or really? school last year. Ooh, can we do a side by side of who is the better, just like pure pass blocker from last year? And not tonight, me, but we're going to do this on our own. Slater. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do a side-by-side side to just see 
kind of why that is, where we look at half tape college right. only for these players. That would be an interesting. We're doing yeah. that tomorrow night. We've got the beat check with Joe Delone um, from Believe Podcast or Believe Network. Uh, helping us get prepared for the NFL draft and the NFL <laughs> combine. But we'll ask him that, and then we'll do that film review. Let's do that cross comparison right there, because that is an interesting thing is because you have been one person who has said you look at each individual draft class on their own yeah. merit. On their own. Yeah, merit. I mean, 100%. And, um, you know, I, I also at some point I really want to do a Tyler Linderbaum too, because that's another name that I think needs to be added to our discussion. We've may, we mainly been saying and Kevin Kwanu and Charles Cross, and both of those two are really good guys that are in contention for us. But um, you know, that center out of Iowa, I think a lot of people, and I know a bunch of Panther fans have already looked him up, but that guy is a guy that, um, frankly, the he could be the pick. Especially if they're considering, you know, uh, they don't care if it's a reach. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't draft a center in the top 10 picks. But I think maybe this might be a scenario, especially if you're the Panthers, where you might. All right. Well, you better put your you better get some good rest tonight because we're going to do a lot of content tomorrow night. We got Joe (laughs) DeLone on the C3 beat check and then we're going to bust out this content c3 panthers podcast longest running panthers podcast numbers 252-228-5098 live on tuesday nights at 9 p.m check us out on all the podcast outlets here is the last call and as for last time i was wrapping up here but uh got cut off just wanted to say that like if we're if we're gonna go in the next year with sam Darnold, like mate okay we're, we're, we're gonna have somebody to to, to have a quarterback competition with in the offseason, whether it's like Mitch Trubisky or a rookie or whatever, you know, fine. We're going to suck. We're going to suck next year. Everybody knows that. Like, at least next year, like, over the next year with Kirk Cousins, it's not going to make me excited for this team. All it's going to show me is that we we're, we don't we don't learn from our mistakes. Like, we haven't learned anything in the last two years of being just increasingly more shitty. And that's, that's honestly just kind of disheartening, bro. I wouldn't know how to – like, getting Kirk Cousins, I wouldn't know how as a fan to, to like, get up, to get excited for the upcoming season because we – like, we're not learning anything. We're just doing the same shit over and over again. Um, it, it'd be really disheartening, man. It would, it, would, it would honestly kind of test my fandom a little bit, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but, you know, still all, all, all speculation, man. Hopefully we can, you know, write this shit, uh, do something right. But, but uh, appreciate all y'all for always, like I said, making the content every single week tremendous call um and thank you thank you for hanging out with us each and every week that's the thing is um we gotta get through this together yep and look at this as we move on through the show cody yeah, this you put yep. it. Matt Rule is an embarrassment. Yep. Tell me why uh, you got this. We we talked. We briefly mentioned this in the last show, but the yeah, NFL combine kicks off this week. Yeah, because we're gonna hear from Federer, and we're not gonna hear from uh from Matt Rule. And I left. I, I made this slide last week, but I just felt like since we're closer to the combine, it just bears repeating. When you look at all these other coaches who are choosing to not speak right 
you're talking about a who's who, some of the best, most proven coaches in the NFL. Guys like Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, I, I said this last week that it was a good thing, right? Because every time Matt Rule comes up and says things, um, he always ends up making himself look even dumber. And this team and the decisions that they've made look even dumber every time he opens his mouth. But I just, you know, got to thinking about it again. And it's like, it doesn't matter what your year was before. You know, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions has to go up there and talk. And so does Zach Taylor of the Bengals when, you know, when they were losing big time. It's like, this is that time of the year, man. You know, you don't necessarily have to talk about all the things that you've done, but at least start to tell us what you're building towards, what kind of things that you're looking for in the players that we're going to be sitting here at the combine and what types of traits and qualities you intend to draft. Because this is all very important, especially seeing on how they have missed on so many of these important traits in our very recent history, man. So I don't know. Everything surrounding this man is an embarrassment. Um, And I think he's going to embarrass us once again when he's being fired in the middle of the season next season. If he can um, find a way to make this work, it will be one of the most awesome turnaround stories ever. And so I'm kind of rooting for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, but imagine if that we'll have something to talk about. If Matt rule is a coach in two years. Um, there's going to be all of a sudden the narrative somehow will starkly have changed. But CK, you have a child. I've got three. Mine are starting to get bigger. I am the old hat here, but this is a classic homework question of who doesn't belong. What doesn't belong? It's like this is we put three vegetables in a steak. (laughs) It's like, which one doesn't belong? The cheeseburger, the lettuce, the carrots and the celery all belong. Vegetables, the Boston, butt, the cow turd does not belong here. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Final topic of the night. Yeah, this I think is also it's final one. topic. Is it the final yeah. topic, or is yeah, like yeah, has yeah. Ian I mean, no, gotten is... arrested again since we have? No, this is uh, oh. this is another leftover from uh, from last week when it was uh, two twenty two. Uh, just a simple: who are you taking? If you had to pick between the two of them, one one gets to stay, one has to go uh, on the Carolina Panthers squad. Who are you taking? DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey? You can only pick one going forward. Who would you pick? Oh, I mean, I think it's clear. It's going to be DJ. Like, he won't command. command well, actually, he probably would command a good a bit of money. But he's been available. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think there's more. You know what I mean? Like, who you got, CK? I think it's DJ more for me as well. I Like I said, I think there's no denying who has more talent. And that's uh, Christian McCaffrey. Right. You know, but uh, from a, like... From a perspective of cost and value, um, I think that uh, DJ Moore is going to provide you a lot more uh, than what. Or what uh, if you just made um, 
What if you just told uh, Christian McCaffrey he's gonna he has to be D- DJ Moore? Like I actually think he could be a receiver of that caliber. Is he that? How short is he? Is he really that short? Who DJ? No, DJ is like six foot. Christian's five. Christian's five eleven. I think DJ is like six foot. Six foot one. <laughs> Then you know what? It's like, why isn't Christian McCaffrey, like, at this point, no, I'm changing my answer. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, and I'm just saying this. Just beat DJ Moore, then, for $4 million less. I think we've been saying that. Like, move, if we're going to keep Christian McCaffrey, you need to move him to a slot receiver position because it's clear the constant having to be the guy who's picking up blitzes. I mean, when he's in the game, people don't realize this. Like, if he's not getting the hand, like, a lot of people wanted to utilize, like, how often he was in the in the game, and then people would defend him, like, in his big year, the 2017 year, 2018 year, um, and saying, like, well, he wasn't really touching the ball that entire time. He was just in the game. But if you're a, a running back in this league, you're contacting on every single, it's similar to offensive linemen. You know, that's why a lot of times the offensive linemen get hurt so frequently is because it is a contact. Right, right, yeah. It's Every like, why isn't it? Just make him a wide receiver. He's got great hands. He yeah. caught 100 footballs. He caught. We've seen him catch things on his fingertips. We've seen him do all that. It's a call this at this point is why is Christian McCaffrey not saying I should be a wide receiver? Because um, I think there's a pride thing involved with that, too. Yeah. Like he always like running back is the doggest of dog in the room. Since you were in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Like the best player plays running back. It was like just straight up. And it's kind of like the best player plays quarterback as you get out of middle school. But like you just hand the ball off in middle school. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. Like he's been the dog since the beginning, maybe. Um, Two other things before we get out of here. The Carolina Panthers have a new um, play-by-play commentator and that is mick mixon has retired this past year to work on his farm and now we've got a new guy i was hoping for jim zoki i'm not gonna lie i like jim zoki i think he brings a good uh not only information to the game but uh sense of humor at the same time in the entertainment that is informative but i hope they keep him on who do who didn't they hire cody yeah, so the Carolina Panthers have hired Anish Sharoff. I think I said that name correctly. And um, the, my, my man, uh, you know, he's actually going to give CK uh, a good run for his money with his announcing voice, just to give you a give you a taste of what my man sounds like. The things I'm really looking forward to is being a part of the same organization where Sam Mills will always be the heartbeat. He's a Hall of Famer now. The little town in New Jersey where I grew up was nine minutes from where Sam Mills played college football. Growing up, our teachers used to talk about Sam Mills, the 5'9 linebacker tearing it up on Sundays, who was once a teacher just a couple of towns over from where I grew up. Now to come to work every day and to see his statue, it reminds me of where I grew up. It reminds me of this journey. And to see Sam Mills, his pictures, his name all over this building, that's very special to me. Nice. There's our first little uh, 
uh, brief interaction with Anish. I, I, I remember hearing this guy, um, you know, do a bunch of college football games. He's commentated a bunch of Clemson games. So you may know him from college football. Uh, and then you shared this with me, Tony. Uh, you wanted me to play this uh, funny moment that went down with him and Mike Gullett Jr. Conventional foods that work with mayonnaise. We're, we're starting with what? Cream-filled cookies here. You first. Take a dip. It's a really interesting blend of flavors. Thumbs up for me. Oh, Anish. <laughs> We're going to need someone up here to call this next drive. He's not doing well. I've seen that. Oh, no. <laughs> I understand his niche problems right there. Is I don't know about dipping a um, an Oreo into mayonnaise. And I like mayonnaise. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Right. You know, I'm like, some people hate mayonnaise. Some people think it's like, but the idea of just mayonnaise by itself is disgusting. And I just can't pair it with an Oreo. But another thing about Anish is his hair don't move at all, homie. When he no. did that Sam Mills story, that hair was high and tall. It looked like a Pacific wave. Like he was surfing a Pacific. Man, this mug was as tall as my hat. And this is a low-profile hat right here. Low-profile hat. Look. And his hair was that tall and did not move at all. So, uh, no, he got good pipes. And uh, I think it is, um, you know what, is I hope uh, first is Mick Mixon <laughs> was voluptuous in his descriptions. And I can only hope that you are as sultrous, sultry, as sultry in your descriptions. A niche. Um, the last thing I want to talk about this is I saw one tweet and I thought this was real fun. And I can't, I'm not gonna look for it right now, but it was like, who would you take? And they were because it was the combine, the fastest Carolina Panther to run the 40. And this was, I'm going to give my man, I got to give my man credit too, because a long time listener of the podcast at poll guy 13 knows his Panthers like top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like real. Oh, and here I just pulled up his profile, Cody Clemson fan too. He is, uh, like a fan, like he knows his Panthers legit, legit. Good shit. Love it. And he put this tweet up and it was like, who, or not, he didn't. Actually, we were just both responding on somebody else's tweet. And it was like, who would you put up as the 40 time? And they had Curtis Samuel, they had DJ Moore. I think the other was Robbie. I can't, who was the third? And he, so he said, uh, "It was uh, you mean the 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 forty times?" Yeah, it was Curtis Samuel, Curtis oh, Samuel, DJ Robbie. Moore, and uh, and Dante Jackson. That's what it is. Thank you, thank you. So um, respond to that tweet right away before I talk to Paul Guy and I's conversation, which he uh, won me over. He debated my take with such efficacy. 
that I am uh, forever indebted to him. So what, you're asking who, who I would take in a... Yeah, like when you saw that tweet, what did you think? Because I had an opinion yeah, right away. Yeah, listen, people are going to freak out, but Curtis Samuel, man. I know Curtis Samuel had so many injuries, but that guy had an opportunity to be our own version of, believe it or not, Tyreek Hill. We just didn't have the guy to be able to get him the ball down the field, so we had to use him on jet sweeps and, you know, do these other inventive ways to get the ball in his hand. Basically, kind of use him like a running back. But if we had the opportunity to make use of Curtis Samuel's straight line speed, y'all forget that was supposed to be the original one-two punch. Dude, he, that was supposed to be the original hurt. one-two punch was Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. It's the second one-two punch, bro. It was not the original one-two punch. We've been trying to find the original one-two punch since you were born. I'm now, saying we that's what we were to, hoping that it was. We were trying be, to be you know? like Devin Benjamin and Devin Funches were that. No, we were no. Nah, it's not the original number one and number two is that Curtis Samuel was hurt all the fucking time, all the time. It's not him not having a quarterback. He won't ever there. All right, keep going. CK, who you think of? Because this I mean, conversation I was, cool. I was gonna say uh uh Dante Jackson. All right. So I thought immediately like uh, my first thought was Ted Ginn Jr. Like just straight up 40 time, because that's what the tweet was about. Was like they showed them in that kind of hyper you know, where they throw them all together. Yeah. Right. And Cody took this to like, oh, who can we do? And how could they be? And how could they be a Tyreek Hill? <laughs> but Ted, Ted Ginn actually is the most accomplished out of all, not all those players. I would say DJ Moore is close to as accomplished as he is now. But I was thinking Ted Ginn. And Ted Ginn ran a 4 to 8. So he ran faster than all those dudes. Jackson, all of them. Now he was the first overall pick by the Dolphins, I believe, or something like that. But he played with the Panthers and he was successful there. But my guy Paul guy 13 said this. And I didn't even when he said it, he said Teddy Williams. And I was sitting there thinking, like the baseball player, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't like I saw the name, and then that made me the Teddy made me think of Ted Gim. Was thinking about all this, but Teddy Williams, who was an undrafted, I think, free agent for the Carolina Panthers, who was a guest on the C3 Panthers podcast, ran a 421 or some shit like that. Like it is like he was, and as Pole Guy 13 said, declared the fastest man in Texas. <laughs> Right, just straight ta- tracks. And this was back in maybe 2014 or something like You know, I mean, we were still getting in the podcast, but I forgot how fast. You know what is I almost would say Demir Bird might need to be in this conversation. Oh, don't you dare. Oh, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. I'm looking up 40 times. Demir Bird. No, let's know. We're talking 40 times, like historically great. He ran a 428. 
So him and Ted Ginn ran a four two a and Teddy Williams. Yeah, but you can't talk no shit about Curtis Samuel being fragile. I'm not talking crap. I'm talking about their Demir Bird, a stiff gust of wind left Demir Bird hurt. With a torn ACL. Yeah. Uh, Demir Bird. No. Demir Bird, I would say, I bet you this. His bones were bird. No, actually, I won't say this because Curtis Samuel has the greatest, craziest, like, Per play yeah, touchdown that, ratio yeah. is like he only played like seven plays one year and he had like three touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, what? Um, no, you shit on Demir Bird. Demir Bird is more accomplished than um Shaw Smith. Boom. Easy. Like, I mean, I'll give you- a rookie. And he will be a far superior. I bet you that Demir Bird almost has as many touchdowns as DJ Moore. As many touchdowns? I might. It might be close. I know it's not like. I mean, think about this. Think about that. and Dude, let's trade. Let's trade for Let's trade for We gotta. We're almost done. No, no. I'm just saying. Don't shit on. Little baby bird who is chirp, chirp. Like, I don't know why you don't kind of like the guy who over you. You will defend a dude who is overrated and underperforms more than you will defend a guy who is underrated and overperforms. No, uh, yeah, oh, Trevor Lawrence is the greatest player in the history of the world, and this motherfucker ain't done yeah, shit. Yeah, you making dumb compare. Demir Bird no. got injured every time the wind blew, and he never. What, what is Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel has and played. He went to South Carolina. I rest my case. All right. So um, I can't wait. I just want to see this. Is how many? All right, we're gonna move this show along. We're done. I'm going to tell you this is Curtis Samuel. I want to finish this off with not finish it off, but uh, Curtis Samuel has started 33 games in his career. He only, by the way, he signed a big deal with Washington last year and only started one game. How terrible is that? 33. Let me see. I want to see if uh, Demir Bird. Dude. No, no, has the best comment. That boy was made out of one ply toilet paper. It was soft, Who? man. He was Demir Bird. He was always but you cannot. Injured, yes, it was. This is very unbelievable. And always hurt, man. Unbelievable. And by the way, if Demir Bird has anywhere close to the number of touchdowns that DJ Moore has, that's just a testament to how bad. The quarterback situation has been. Um, I would tell you this is that receiving is he has five career touchdowns, and I feel like DJ's just had four, four, and four. So yeah, um, let's see this. Is Curtis Samuel has had fourteen receiving touchdowns. Mm. All right, let's see. I feel like uh, y'all sleep on a little baby bird a little bit no you just get crushes that you defend until <laughs> the day you die 
and you won't hear anything else about them. We can go to Cameron Artist Payne mm. here. Demir oh my gosh. But yeah, bring in Cameron Artist Payne, the most fucking uh, underrated player in the whole world. Um, all right. Too bad you weren't the coach of him. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I was the armchair pilot, or the what do they call it? The armchair quarterback. Dude, anyway. never, he, he, Jonathan Stewart fumbled two times in one game. And I just remember it be like, put in cap. Just let him play. Let him play. But they never did, man. Man, I love some Cameron Artist Payne. But uh, somehow, I think my theory is, my running theory is that he slept with Ron Rivera's daughter. <laughs> That's what Joey I swear. I mean, I think, like, I just don't understand what. because Unless Ron Rivera just was so crazy. I don't believe this either. It's like, like, it's like, oh, I don't believe in you because you don't know how to pass block. We saw Ron Rivera in desperate moments put rookies in. I don't know. Ron Rivera, we'll see. I want to see what Ron Rivera does with the, with the Washington Commanders this year because he is a good coach, and I would like – look, he's way better than Matt Rule, and there's no, like, no ifs, ands, or buts. I would go to war with some Ron Rivera over anybody. But we, it is kind of pedal – it's like uh put up or shut up for Ron Rivera with Washington right now because yeah. last year they had defensive talent. They just underperformed and he just did the typical Ron Rivera shit where you get Fitz, Fitzpatrick or then you stick with. So we'll see. I'll be watching Ron Rivera. Anyway, I think we're done. There's no other news, right? I mean, we talked yeah, about done, the forties. We talked about this. We just need to ice some fools up. So you're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast. It's the C3 Panthers podcast uh, live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. We've been doing this. We're in our 10th season. We're in episode four of our 10th season, homie. That's insanity. Insanity that for 10 years or nine years going into 10 years, that we have been bringing this content live on the internet. That was like, when I was thinking about it, it's like the internet barely even, not the internet barely existed, but this is so ingrained in people's lifestyles now. Yeah. Checking. I watch YouTube at like when I'm grading paper, I put YouTube up, you know, I just put, I listen to pot. I did not do that eight years ago. So yeah. um, we appreciate your support. Look who we have joining us last second, oh. man. Holy cow. Dad, you're fresh off of seeing the <clears throat> Batman. I have seen the Batman. Um, yes. Going to take my family this weekend. Mm. You better not tell me nothing. I just finished I don't a want 15 any minute pre- non-spoiler review. It ju- I just finished it. It's on YouTube. It should, uh, I mean, it should be it was live. All right. Tell review. them how, actually, because we're finishing the show up. Okay. Um, and you can give us your ice up pick here, but tell them how they can find this 15 minute, which is short. That's perfect. It's a perfect review for a great movie. We expect uh, with non-spoilers, Greg, how can they find it? Uh, you can check out Super Civil Servants podcast on YouTube. I'm actually going to put the link to the uh, channel here in the chat room. If you want to please so put it straight to the video, we will retweet it. In fact, 
people in the chat, go ahead and share this link and join the Super Civil Servants podcast. One person who shares the link to the Super Civil podcast will get a free cam wow tonight. Nice. That's right. Greg, you got to keep up with it. You got to tag the Bat Daddy 52 in that. And uh, that's what he's going to put the links up to his channel. All you got to do is say this. You're excited for Batman. You're skeptical about Batman. You want to watch this. And one of the people that tweet this out or put it on Facebook, you tag him and we'll give you a free cam. Well, I'll send it to you. Um, I like it. it. So, um, we can see that that's coming out. I'm going to take my kids there. Do you have an ice up pick for actually I'll, I'll pass the mic. Who, who is ready? Because we'll let Greg put the links up and do that. So we'll give him a second. Cause I put him on the spot. I did not plan that. He didn't plan that. I'm excited about Batman. I have a lot of opinions. I read this story, dude, that I could ice up today about how, the Christopher Nolan Batmans were bad. I know it was a hack piece, Mm -hmm. but in some ways I felt like at least he went after it. So who's got a good ice up pick that they got some gumption about ZK. I'll tell you mine is uh, just because I have a, a strong opinion about this. And I, you know, I know we, you know, probably, have stayed away from this topic for the majority of this conversation due to the, you know, the fact that it's just saturating all of our lives, but um, mine's short and sweet. And that is uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia uh, invading Ukraine in the way that they are. And I I saw a video, I'm sure everybody has of the tank that just swerved over and hit the car for no other reason than it almost felt like just for fun. Like that's the kind of felt feeling I got this tank running off this car in the Ukraine. Um, it just, it's, it's, it gives you a, a sour taste in your mouth. And I'm just saying, uh, ice up to, to Vladimir Putin and, and, and those, uh, those people in power that are, that are allowing this to continue. Yeah, man. Um, I guess I'll go here next. Um, so Joe Biden did his, State of the Union speech tonight, mm-hmm. and already a number of his flubs are trending on Twitter. He called Ukrainians Uranians. Yeah, he called Ukrainians Iranians, and it literally zooms in on Kamala Harris's face while he's saying it, and you can tell she's like, "That oh, can't boy, be true." There's no, no, dude, it's 100. It's trending right now. I'll play a video clip if you want me to fucking do it. Please, no, I want to. No, the first one that we're gonna play. Is watch Nancy Pelosi and watch her excitement and her enthusiasm that she displays. But listen to what Joe Biden is saying to make her so enthusiastic and just to get so excited in general. Listen to what he's saying and what makes her get so excited. Faced in Afghanistan, that face many dangers. One being stationed the bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. Many of you have been there. I've been in and out of a race. This, 
What the fuck are you excited for? <laughs> uh, soldiers bringing in, breathing in toxic. One more time. Bring it back. One more time. It's like comedy. It's comedy. One being stationed at bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. <laughs> Many of you have been there. I've been in out of a all right so look in defense of and look you don't want to defend nancy pelosi at your own peril defend nancy pelosi at your own peril but i'm guessing this is like i hope and maybe i'm wrong but maybe that is a part of the speech she wanted worked in that had something to do with her constituency that you know i'm saying that's something she had worked to get and she flub the delivery of it you know what i mean like is because he's like talking about and i haven't lo- heard the context but i would at least hope that she was trying to get that word into the speech but my guess is that these people are so old and ridiculous that she just probably was like trying to act excited about something she expect anticipated to be awesome and was like uh and when our babies die because of our choices about abortion we surprise and then she's like Ooh. <laughs> you know what i mean like so i don't know but you no, know but i but... think it is is that her and her uh uh, ill have been uh, famous for doing that kind of shit, and she just wants to make sure that she gets her credit for. Uh, oh yeah, those are our criminal war tactics that we're proud of. So anyway, fuck them. You know what's kind of crazy about this is my first visual optic, and I should probably probably be more familiar with this. Is that in the background you get the vice president, and then the other person you get is the house, uh, the house majority leader. I would assume is why she's sitting back there. But for all right, so I guess Pence over the last four years was just the vice president. And has Nancy has Nancy Pelosi been the House Majority Leader for ultimately the last six years, six years and beyond? Yep, and she just gets to no? stay right. there because. All right. Next one. I want to see the other one. Come on, give me the other flub. I'm fine. I'm trying to find the fucking thing. um, Did he really call them Iranians? Yeah. Why is that hard to believe? I'm. He's a walking geriatric. No, it's not good. Mm. I mean, I understand. Look, I want to give a lot of people grace for like kind of speaking flubs when you're on high pressure stakes and different that, but Iranians and Ukrainians. It's like, oh, all those people we fucking hate. <laughs> or something, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, uh, it's like uh, the Japanese, the Chinese, the, like, the, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, we, yeah. all right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, <laughs> never lose their love of freedom. And he will never. He, all right, so dude. Iran and uh, Russia are allies. They're allies. Yeah, but you, Ukraine and Iran are decidedly different places. Right. You know what no, I mean? no, what I'm saying is this, is Russia and Iran are allies. You can't be like, oh, Russia's fucking with these people. And they're like, no, they're best friends, bro. <laughs> they best friends. 
He's not competent. Wow. One more time. Let's hear it one more time. It is wonderful. I need to hear it. And then. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom. And he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world. Like, he's like, he's like Matt Rule. He says a lot of shit without saying anything at all. No, no, that's actually going way out. That's like, um, so we needed this speech for me to believe in any of these causes to be more power. I needed it to, like, I'm going to become a cynic. I have become, become Cody Lashney. Oh, I have become Cody me, Lashney. None of these people deserve any of your fucking right. faith, man. Right, they right. So them. I needed this speech to be like, to the, not I needed it. I haven't listened to it yet. But like you expect for you to garner my respect, this needs to be to the level of like some Roosevelt after like. In order for the Democrats to gain my respect, I needed Selma Hayek to come give me a hot oil massage in my bedroom. And, and that didn't happen either. Damn. Look, Damn. Can, can I piggyback off you? Because mine was going to be about the State of the Union address as well. Uh, sure, man. Go Damn, Biden, please. But, okay, so I didn't actually get to see it, but I had some friends who were talking about it with me earlier. So this is true. I was trying to find a clip of it. But from what I understand, Biden says that uh, the economy is in great shape and people just don't understand it because of brain fog from COVID. So I don't understand what eight or nine percent inflation rate this year and my yep. gas prices being a dollar fifty more. I don't understand that because of COVID, because of brain fog. That's a bit condescending. It is. It, well, it, yeah, it's like the liberal. Are you calling me? To this is where the believe what you're saying. The disjointed liberal to take action on any of the things that he promised in this recent campaign. He told everyone that he was going to wipe out student loan debt. With an executive order. Yep. That ain't fucking happening, bro. Or he should just make weed man. legal. That's what you should just do is like, I mean, just that doesn't cost you anyway. Um to big time politics podcast. Okay. To triple down on the brain fog though from COVID. Is I want to Look, is I have suffered through. Look, I've been through my own mental health, I guess, with COVID. And I don't like us using mental health as a like, oh, like feel bad for me moment. I mean, if like, I, I mean, if you are going through mental health issues, I wish the best best for you. But likely I am not the person that's going to truly be able to help you. You know, I mean, like at the same time, like as I hope the best, I pray whatever the words I have to say that make me feel you and I all feel politically correct, but better together. I want to say, so I have look, look, I hate getting up. Like I've been worse about getting up and going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like I've lived worse through COVID less. I've actually, I won't say live worse. I've lived less for work a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, but I have to do 
Hey, sir, I have to do whatever job. Look, look, I get up here and I do the podcast every Tuesday night. I mean, I don't have to, but like, I mean, it kind of is what you have to do for that product to be consumed. Some people told me recently in the academic field, and they're not my peers. They're people I can't, I got to be very delicate who I talk about in my job. You know what I'm saying? So not peers. Potentially rolled it. Look, just random people. Maybe it may or not be in my class. <laughs> That's it. Um, but that reading a book was too intimidating. And I got to say this, folks. Reading a book should not be in. I mean, look, I understand if you're not a a great like a if like reading is tough, if comprehension is tough. I understand that people face challenges, but imagine if you went to the NFL combine, you were like, I am so mentally stressed. I cannot do the push up thing. So in intimidated by it. And Just you got read, a profile folks. not to do it. Yeah. Just read. And I mean, like, I just do like, I know it takes more time than you want to do. I know like exercise takes more energy than you want to do. Look, I look, I went to the gym today. I've been fucking beating ass at the gym. It sucks. I hate it. You know, when I say I hate it, it's like I'm dying when I leave that mug each day. But the idea is like, just don't tell me that the mental anguish like, I am so mentally fatigued that I cannot read words. I'm sorry. Read a book, folks. Read. Read. I'm I'm at the point where I would be okay if you read a misinformation book. How about that? Imagine that. As I'm icing up people, like, you're misinformed because you have not read a book. When was the last time you read a book, folks? A full straight on book to book. If you have not read one book in the last year, one book. Ice up. That's it. Ice up. Just read a book cover to cover. It's a mental exercise. It takes, and you don't have to pick the longest one in the world. I'm not saying you got to go pick a 500 page book. Go pick a 85 page book. Go pick a 125-page book. It is a decision to finish it. That's it. Just a mental decision to not quit after two seconds. I bet Joe Biden hasn't read a book in five years. Do you know they said Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, right. He probably can't at all. They said Teddy Roosevelt read a book a day. And that's oh, why he's probably considered one of the greatest <laughs> presidents in the world. And uh, he also must, must not have had shit to do, unless it, that or oh no, this motherfucker went to Africa and hunted rhinoceros. He climbed the. Uh, the other thing, oh, the, one other thing that said about Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, who was sickly when he was young and had asthma, and now all these like he was like they were like, oh god, this poor little baby. He wore those thick ass glasses, those thick wire, those thick thick glasses. They said Teddy Roosevelt was so pissed that he had asthma that he smoked cigars to get rid of it. 
He's like, fuck this. My beat asthma with these cigars. Mind over matter. Just read a book, folks. I didn't ask you to read one a day. One book cover to cover by 2023. If you don't, I said, that's it. What else you got? Is that it? I mean, like, can we go? We're done, dude. Um, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles.com, a completely independent fan based media organization. Oh, media, fuck that. We ain't media, we just fans talking about the Carolina Panthers each and every Tuesday night into Wednesdays at times. You can check out my written work at Carolina Cat Chronicles.com. You can follow us on twitter uh you can check out the podcast on spotify and all that jazz hey if you don't want to donate to the show go to carolinacatchronicles.com and just click on an ad on the sidebar like when you click on an ad it gives you like one person like 33 cents but if you just look at 72 ads we get like one cent so you don't want to donate to the podcast Go to carolinacatchronicles.com and just click all over some fucking ads. Yep, you have the the penis enlargement pills. The, oh, I know. Yeah, I get all of it. Uh, if you don't get text messages about it, CK, <laughs> then you haven't lived. <laughs> or you have not signed up with a credit card company. Uh, CK, oh, look at this. Cody. Cody, yeah. Cody, Cody. Best fans yeah. in the world. You didn't need to give us much, but thank you, Cody. Thank our fans and get us out of here. And oh, when I say get snap. us out of here, pack, pass the mic around. Karen Choi with the powerful $20. Thanks you so much. He said, uh, buy, buy some dick pills with it. You damn yeah, right. Buy, buy, buy some of those dick hardening pills and uh, <laughs> see how those work. And see how many local singles are in your area. You know, just ha- have a good time with it. But I definitely appreciate you, Karen. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'm pretty good about, you know, replying to people, following people on Twitter. Um, you can find all my written work on drafttech.com, where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Check that out. There's a brand new box draft up on that website right now. And every Friday at 7 o'clock, you can join the Friday free-for-all, man. That's right. Come on the show. Let us know what you think about these Carolina Panthers, the front office, the combine, the draft, anything and everything goes. It's a uh, podcast for Panther fans by Panther fans. And a chance for you all to jump on and be a, be a little part of, uh, of what we're doing here at the C3 Panthers podcast. CK's got the bestest voice in the game. How can they follow you? Where you get your game on? You can find me on Facebook Gaming at Codisal Allen. You can also find me on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all those locations where people try to make themselves feel more important by putting their self out there. All you got to do is message my boy Greg. AKA the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. You can uh, comment on his videos on YouTube. How can they find your videos on YouTube? 
Uh, it's at, at Super Civil Servants Podcast, uh, the show on YouTube, and I actually got links for the channel and the most recent review that I did in the live chat right now for the Panthers podcast. Well, they have probably flown past for a lot of people, but look, you go onto YouTube, you hit the C, the Super Civil Servants Podcast, mm -hmm. you subscribe up to them, and you drop a comment on their latest video, and you just put C3 or something about CamWow. You hit them up on Twitter at the Bat Daddy 52 and we will select one. Hey, and if there's more than one or two or three of you, we might select more of you. But I guarantee one camwow to the listener of the Super Civil Servants podcast because I have a lot to talk about. I love the nerd world, even though I refuse to admit it. So anyway, thank you, Greg, for your service to the podcast so much, man. You guys have been wonderful. Cody, CK, the people in the chat. Cody, get us out of here, please. Until next time, Panther Nation. Keep pounding. And we're all going to buy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.